Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Academy Rewind, the fortnightly podcast where we're taking a look at the Oscars from years past. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, man who loves to live in the present, Palmer. How are you today? I am great. You know why I'm great? Why? Because we're doing this year's Oscars, the so present. we're rewinding it all the way back like two months ago. Excellent. And I'm all pumped. I listened to my pump-up song, which is Eye of the, Tiger. the Boy Is Mine by uh, Brandy and Monica. I'll accept that. Yep. I think Eye of the Tiger is pretty great, though. No, The Boy Is Mine, the yeah. ultimate pump-up song. Eye of the Tiger was in the Oscars this year. Did you catch that? They had an Eye of a Tiger? Yes. Oh, yeah, it was in the center. Steve Martin held it up for everyone <laughs> to see. Um, we are joined by two fabulous guests, uh, both who appeared uh, or are appearing, I should say, in this season of Academy Rewind. No, their episodes have already gone. Okay, well, they appeared in this season of Academy Rewind, which is not yet complete. Uh, first, we have Scott from the newly dubbed DC TV Squadcast. Is that correct, Scott? Well, I am I am appearing on that, but it's DC Film Squadcast. Film Squadcast. The, the podcast formerly known as the Suicide Squadcast. So confusing. No, it's not confusing. I know! Not confusing at all. Hey, I can hear you now. Yay. Excellent. Um, Scott, uh, thank you for coming back. You joined us for 1985, I believe. Yes. Yes. Amadeus, Amadeus. The that only was good the movie that year. Amadeus. <laughs> anyway. Um, it took and- me forever to find that gift, by the way. I do better Twitter. <laughs> do better Twitter. No. Uh, and so, and also we are, and also we are joined by Lisa from the I Love That Movie podcast. Lisa, how are you? I'm good. I'm very excited. A little tired because I stayed up late last night watching the Oscars. So, Same. but I'm ready to go. <laughs> there was a pause and my, I was like, oh crap. <laughs> We lost. It. We lost Lisa. We lost her already. We haven't even started. I'm still here. Already lost her. No, which is good because she put in the most effort out of all of us. I didn't I, know that. Yes, so she did. I um... believe she's actually watched every single thing that got nominated. Didn't you? Watch I tried to. I came close. Mm. All right. Well, we'll talk about. We're going to talk about all of that as we as we steep ourselves into this uh into this Academy 2020, the 92nd. Academy Awards. Yes. Yes. I got that right. Don't double check me. I know that. Don't right. tell me what to do. I won't tell you what to do. So this is what we're going to do, including Palmer. <laughs> this is how this is going to roll. <laughs> uh, before we start, may I personally send a, a note of thank you to both Lisa and Scott for filling out their ballots correctly? Yes. Yes. I tried. I was like, I hope you can read my chicken scratch. I'm glad you were able to read it. (laughs) I got halfway through through uh, doing the tabulations, and I was giving Tim, I was giving Tim grief on the cinematography award, (laughs) and then it turned out he went in the opposite numerical order because you told me to. So I was like, textual evidence. I I said, Hey, you want highest to lowest? And you said, Yikes. "Yep, yeah." Is this so, ballot highest, gate, guys? Highest being number one. No, that's not how numbers work. <laughs> yes, it is. Nope. And so, anyway, so that's your own fault. You were hoisted by your own petard. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, as it as 
people should be able to figure out by now, we've essentially voted like we would have normally done if this was any other sort of Academy Rewind. Only we're doing each category from the Oscars mm-hmm. with the nominees in that category. That is correct. Yes. Or, or in my case, the nominees that I've seen. Yes. <laughs> because I, re- I, refused, I refused to number something I didn't see. Oh, so I had to integrity. number it only. I mean, it's, I, it, it made it so much easier for me to like, really cheat your ballot. Like half of the winners <laughs> well, this year were because I was like Scott would have liked this more. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lied on some joking. of them. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute! How did cats win Best Picture? <laughs> <laughs> five feet apart. What? That wasn't even. I told you, five feet apart swept this year. I know. All right. So well, anyway, so how this is going to work? We're going to go, Lisa. Much like your Best of 2019 episode, um, we're going to go in a we're going to go in a round, um, and I'll ask each of you. Um, I'll ask each of you your thoughts on okay. the I'll ask each on of the category on the categories yes. and the winner, and then we can all chime in as as we go. Okay, but mm. uh, we can't see each other, so there's no hand raising here. Um, just so everyone knows. So yeah, so we'll start with the category, the nominees, and then the actual winner. That is, and correct. then once we are done discussing, we'll we'll give out the rewindy. That is correct. Yeah. Um, these are in complete arbitrary order. Um, it is not in the order that the Academy did yesterday, though I would like to talk about that first. They switched up the order. How do we all feel about it? They always do. No. Yeah, they do. No. Yes. No. Every year, the, they're done in a different order. The only thing that's different, the only thing that stays the same is Best Picture. Okay. How do we feel about this year's order? Lisa. Um, it was good. I mean, the only thing was I was sort of planning on, I, I went out and saw it in public. Like I went to a movie theater and watched it with a crowd what? and, uh, it yeah. got very late cool. and I stayed <laughs> watching until the very end because I obviously had to see who won best picture. So that was a good way to keep me watching all the way up until the very end. Well, um, but yeah. other than that, I thought the order was fine. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Scott. I wasn't affected at all because, as I posted publicly oh, yes. last night on Twitter, my TV antenna s- sucks, and it kept on cutting out every five seconds, and I got really tired of listening to my wife. Every time it cut out, go, oh, what's the matter? Like, I was like, honey, <laughs> it's going to keep doing this. You can stop commenting at this point. And even I got frustrated. So right about best adapted screenplay, I just went, I'm out. And so I just turned on a couple of different movies and just – I followed the – I basically just kept Twitter on the Academy uh, Twitter account and just followed it that way because I just I, – I couldn't. I just couldn't. <laughs> I respect that. And you know what? You know, all that matters really at this point in my life is who won. All, all the other stuff, eh, not really – not really that concerned. You oh, know, I love the drama of it though. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> know, too. between this and the biblical, biblical type flood you have going on, I suggest you actually move – to civilization. Fine. <laughs> I am not moving again. I moved five years ago. I'm coming out of this place feet first. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> even if that's floating down the flood. That's what I, uh, I said. That's why I said to my wife when we when we bought this house after we moved in, and I was like, "We're not moving ever again." No, I, I I've done it twice now. I'm, I'm never. Look, if we're, horrible. if we're getting divorced, 
we're at least I'm staying in the house. Yes. You can too. But <laughs> it's going to be like that movie with Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn. No one saw that movie. Uh, yeah, but you all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I honestly don't. Were they I were wish I did. Movie together? Uh, yeah, Lisa knows. Yay! <laughs> they anyway. dated too. Oh, they did. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Let that marinate. Anyway, I, I will. <laughs> I'm going to let it marinate this whole episode. So anyway, let's start with best visual effects. Uh, the nominees were Rise of Skywalker, Lion King, The Irishman, Avengers Endgame, and 1917. Uh, 1917 won Best Visual Effects. Lisa, how do you feel about that? Uh, that's what I had as my number one, so spoiler. I feel really good about it. Oh, am I not supposed to do that yet? I'm sorry. That's no, fine. No, okay. was that a spoiler? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, did well, I just mess everything now, up? Did I just now blow we know this at least up? one person voted for oh, it? Oh, I see what you did. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I don't think that's gonna. I don't think people are tabulating like that in their heads. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, um, you know, my thoughts are. I thought, um, you know, a lot of these movies in this category were amazing um, and looked great. But I just thought 1917 was masterful and an achievement. And when you can blend CG and effects in a way that I don't even see it, I elevate that above just pretty CG. So that's mm-hmm. that's my thoughts. I completely agree with you, Scott. Oh, I completely was agree with Scott. Excited. He hasn't even talked yet. <laughs> Well, Tim knows that he's going to agree with me. That's just the way it goes. That is correct. (laughs) Um, I was was ecstatic because, one, I was thinking about the way that the CG helped with the editing to, you know, to give the effect that that was one continuous shot across the movie. But I remember seeing a week or two ago, and I posted this on Twitter, and it, like, shocked people. But that scene where the guy is running through the ruins with, you know, being hunted by the Germans and the flares going off and it's a nighttime Mm -hmm. shot. Yeah, that was filmed during the day. (gasps) So when I knew. (laughs) Yes. So when I knew that, I was like, oh, no, no, no. This 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 puppy ought to win because no one like one that was a beautiful looking shot. And then to realize that's a daytime shot they turned into night. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's those are visual effects that should win when you don't know it's a visual. That's right. And those are the best that, visual effects, the ones that you don't notice. Yeah, they must have given them a lot of great control, though, over the scene, you know, not having to worry about physical lighting. I mean, I'm sure it's much harder, but it looks much better because you have more control of all the sources of light and stuff. It's mm-hmm. really neat. It is really cool. But the, 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 the video, the video is out there okay. and. It, it, it's the it's the sh- especially it's the shot leading up to when he jumps into the river. Right. Yeah. Okay. That was daytime. Okay. Cool. cool. And Palmer. Uh, I mean, the nineteen seventeen effects were really good, and given what it's up against, I think the only the other best use of visual effects is the Irishman. No. For the de aging, yes, because they actually made the de aging look good. Um, I would agree that most of them looked good, but I don't think they're act. I guess it, I guess that's not really a, a compliment or a, or or not to the CG that they they didn't they didn't act really like the age that they yeah. They but that doesn't like. yeah that doesn't and, have anything to do with the CG. Mm, that's true. Yeah, sometimes it was a little uncanny valley. Like yeah, see, I didn't even get that at all. Like I get that most of the time, but for the Irishman, I didn't. Mm. And as far as the acting different than what you actually see, like, I don't think Josh Brolin acted like a giant purple titan. Sure. <laughs> so. And what I would also say is something to the Irishman's credit was 
the development of new technology that allowed them to do the de-aging without the dots. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Because that was one of Martin Scorsese's basically edicts from the ILM guy who was like, oh, you know, we can do this. He was like, come back to me when you can do it without the dots. And so I also appreciate any time that a film innovates and they create new technology over the course of the making of a film. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's something to you know tip my hat to. Palmer's love for the Irishman yeah. and its visual yeah, effects. That's good. That's a good point. Um, that and I also feel like Disney's just not been good on the visual effects front lately. Yeah, I don't think that Endgame or Star Wars did anything unusual or out of the box. The only thing that I would tip my hat right. towards Star Wars a little bit is the animatronics uh, in use, like a lot of a lot of really good puppetry um, in Rise of Skywalker, but nothing. But there was nothing generally extraordinary about oh. the visual effects in, in either of those films. And I actually almost tip my hat towards The Lion King because it's a stunning piece of um, documentary filmmaking um, about about um, different parts of Africa. But, you know, in terms of a narrative, you know, like their expression in The Lion King, that's where it would, like, tip away. Like, they look too real for expressive purposes. I would I would say that there that my problem was there was very little express expression. There, and yeah, that's what there my was wife absolutely thought. None. That was my wife and I thought when we were watching it because we were just kind of leaning over each other, going, "Really, right?" And <laughs> like, I, so, I don't think that was a, that's not really a fault of the CG. That's a that's a choice no. that they made before the CG right. was made. How do kids feel about it? Do you guys know? Like, do they have a different reaction <laughs> to it? Um, I have a great story for that. Actually, tell us, tell us, tell us. Okay, so I didn't see it in theaters. I, my wife and I had no interest in seeing it in theaters. <laughs> uh, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, the grandparents, took both my boys to go see it. My three-year-old very proudly said it, it's in, in the entire theater went, I want the cartoon one. <laughs> you have raised that <laughs> kid I, right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so my my kids are generally very disinterested. Like we hmm. – I. I have acquired a Disney Plus subscription. Interpret that how you want to interpret that. And that's coming so that's for how, you. They're on their way. <laughs> so that's how my family watched it the other night. And about 20 minutes in, both my boys, my six-year-old was playing on a Switch. My three-year-old was running laps around. And okay. my wife and I were the only ones trying to watch the movie. And we just sat there the whole time going... Yeah. yeah, I didn't so love it. I just wondered if there's like a difference. You know, like sometimes I wonder if, if this uh, feelings that we have towards certain CG or CG even versus practical, like I feel like a lot of that could be because of how we grew up on movies. It always makes me wonder, like, what do fresh eyes think when they see it? So, but I mean, it, across the board, it, it also, seems like people but, didn't really But I also have to say it. this, but uh, maybe my kids aren't a fair judge because <laughs> you're indoctrinating I them ra- <laughs> yes i mean i raised them on like they grew up i mean they get introduced to it through the lion guard series that was on the disney on like disney junior right. mm-hmm. so that led me to show them the animated movie the original 94 film which they loved so it's kind of like th- the the Lion King remake wasn't their first exposure. Right. It's already cemented in their they, mind, like how it's supposed to look and what they're supposed to sound like. That can be kind of hard to get away from anyway. Right. Like you said, 
I already indoctrinated I, them. Right. So <laughs> I feel like there's a there was a period of time between when we were old enough before we were old enough to really have children and when CG and that style of animation was first coming into its own for people to grow up with it. But I believe parents like, you know, parents of our age that went through the 80s with hand-drawn animation have such a love for it that when we have kids, we're going to show our kids that first, which might perpetuate their love for it. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see, like, in (laughs) five, ten years, if we're still going down this horrible road of, of 3D animation or if we go back to really good... 2D animation, which I'm sure this this is going to come up again come the animated categories, mm. because there were a couple mm. of traditionally animated uh, movies yeah. in there. Yeah, for yeah. sure were. Yeah, um, Palmer, what one? Uh, are we? Do you want to do those at the end? Or do you no, we can do it by category. category. Okay, so yeah. for so what one are rewindies? The that? rewindy goes to 1917, as it as it should yes. have. Excellent, 1917. Good. I want to say 1917, not just the the um, visual effects you don't notice, but they had to be so choreographed and timed mm-hmm. in a way that you that in a way that they they don't on, on a regular film that gets cut um, with I guess regularity. And so uh, I think you, like, you have to tip your hat to that and just how everything has to be laid out by sequence. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's pretty extraordinary. But speaking of cutting, let's do best film editing. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and Parasite were all nominated. And Ford versus Ferrari won. Personally, on board for that. I think that's what I think that's what I might have voted for. I think it was. I can tell you while you talk because okay. I have your ballot in front oh, of wonderful. me. Wonderful, yeah. <laughs> pretty. It was pretty extraordinary editing. Um, especially racing's tough. That's that's usually tough to tough to keep it exciting because I mean you can watch NASCAR on TV and be like, are they even driving? Yeah, or are they just are they just there? I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just I just have that joke going in my head from uh, uh, oh I've, I'm I'm blanking on his name, but the ventriloquist who goes, Jeff Durham. ooh another left another left turn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's NASCAR though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Exactly. Fortunately, not it's not Lamont. this. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. So, uh, Lisa, how do you feel about uh, Ford versus Ferrari winning? Um, I really loved that movie. Um, I agree with you about the racing. I think it's hard to make racing interesting to people that are not interested in it. And I, my heart was racing the entire movie. I was so ah, excited and on, on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I did not have it as my number one. Uh, but but I can see why it won that category. I, I think I would have. I, I placed Parasite and actually Jojo Rabbit up above it for me mm-hmm. personally, but but I but I did really enjoy it, so I can see why it won. Goody, goody, Scott. It was my number one. Excellent. Because I'm, I'm looking at my ballot right now. <laughs> you, me too. So, I'm also looking at your ballot right now. <laughs> no, I oh, am. Scary. I have I have literally everybody's <laughs> ballot in front of me. I know. I can. See oh, okay. It. The okay. microphone can tell because you're <laughs> up. So no, I I wanted I wanted Ford versus Ferrari to win. Mm. I mean it. When I got into these technical awards, it it very much was you know that part of my brain had to click in and like no, I was like no, they edited that thing. That thing had energy. I I got to take my dad to go see that. Like this was one of those movies that like for the first time in two years, my I, I made the time. It was like no, I am taking my dad to go see this movie. I bought his ticket and everything. Aww. And so 
so the movie had that that quality to it that's like my dad and I are seeing this movie together <laughs> and like you said the energy the racing the cutting back and forth the way that you could follow it mm-hmm. like you never got lost yeah in in the racing and I loved it especially if you know cars there's another thing that like when my dad and I are watching movies like this it's always like you're always watching what the actors are doing versus what the car is doing and kind of going okay Uh-oh. does that actually match up <laughs> Oh, I do not. I mean, not on first viewing. Unless oh. I'm bored, then I'll start doing that. <laughs> oh no! See, I that's just my that's just the way my brain works. So I was like, I I was so happy that Ford vs Ferrari won this category. Good. And Palmer, uh, your number one movie in this category was The Irishman because that was the one that had a one next no, to it. Five. <laughs> no, you told me highest to lowest. Yeah, I don't remember this. I literally showed you the text so, message. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari, I'm kind of in the same camp as far as I'm fine with it winning. It wins because of the racing. Sure. Because. Well, no. I mean, Mm. what I'm saying is you could just show the racing like a normal racing or you can cut it to actually make racing look interesting. Mm -hmm. And this is the closest I've gotten to like a Days of Thunder style rush while watching the racing sequences days of thunder well yeah it's oh no i I, thank you palmer just plucked it out of my brain actually (laughs) were you trying to think of days of thunder the entire time i was thinking of driven no no i'm not trying i was trying to i was like i was thinking days of thunder and you just said it before i did and i'm like good someone else went there you know so this is this is easily the best racing movie since days of thunder even though i do have Issues with the movie overall where I felt it was a little too long and I was just there for the racing and I got too much of a story that I didn't really want, Mm -hmm. you know, so that was my biggest complaint with the movie. So I was I'm fine with I'm fine with it winning best editing. Good. You know, over uh, the other ones. What stacked? What wins the rewindy? The rewindy goes to. uh, Film editing is Parasite. Twist. Yes. Um, what ended up happening was it, w- like, Parasite was pretty much everyone but Scott's number two, Scott. <laughs> because Scott hasn't seen it. Scott, Scott, I b- I bought it today on iTunes. Good, okay? good, 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 um, good. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, I, and I bought it sight unseen. So, which is mm. there you go. Well, I mean, I I saw the movie sight unseen. Yeah. I think the editing will make sense after you see it. Yeah, there's just some really great visual metaphors there's... and stuff. Like, it's just cool. So you look, just have to the editing will make yeah. sense once you've seen it, but the entire movie won't. So, That's oh yeah, Palmer just, was mess- just... tweeting me live the entire time, asking me questions every five minutes into the movie. <laughs> he's and like, "What's happening like, now?" It's, it's and now, three like, a.m. Just go to it. bed. Yeah, he was like, "Please but, just finish it." But also, <laughs> if you were. Looking at the screen, reading the subtitles instead of looking at your phone, asking Lisa what yeah. was happening. No, maybe you would have uh, followed. Yeah. <laughs> right, is, right. He's like, "This is, is weird." Watch Will the... this be explained? I think you'll have to watch it. <laughs> oh my god, Palmer is my wife. There we go. Wow. You heard it here, folks. Like, Academy running exclusive. No, because well, then watch this movie alone, Scott. Because she'll have a lot of questions. Because I remember, like. I had originally heard of this movie because of how much Lisa loved it on Twitter. Right, so right. at the start I of the movie, the I was 
yeah, I was like at the start of the movie, I was like, well, all right, I it's okay, but you know, I don't really get what's going on, and then stuff happens, and then it really kicks in. So really, the best way to watch this is to send a message to Lisa like every ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, it really so. enhances your viewing. Yeah. It does. <laughs> it certainly doesn't make Lisa's life easier, though. I'm not saying she has to answer. That's true. Moving on, <laughs> best costume design: Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Joker, Jojo Rabbit, The Irishman, and Little Women were all nominated. Little Women won best costume design. Uh, this definitely was my number. This definitely was my number one pick. I, that's the the detail, uh, was beautiful and extraordinary, and I loved it. Jacqueline Duran is a genius. Lisa, what say you? Uh, same. I mean, I I thought you know the the costumes in uh, Jojo Rabbit, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman. I I thought they were great. Um, but it's really hard to compete with a period piece like this. You know, I mean, the dresses are just bigger and they're prettier and uh, they were really nice. I heard in like a behind the scenes, Greta mentioned they didn't wear like corsets or hoop skirts on purpose because mm-hmm. she doesn't like those, um, which I guess mm-hmm. is not necessarily accurate to the time. It but I not. didn't even really notice that when I was watching it. I thought all the dresses looked really pretty. And yeah, I wanted to make every single dress that I saw, which I will never have enough time to do, but I can appreciate it in this film. <laughs> if you're going to make one, go for Meryl Streep's um, purple ensemble. Heck yeah. She was like, uh, what's her name? McGonagall the entire movie. Like, I don't know. She's or like from Downton Abbey. Like she was just <laughs> Mag- you're Maggie, Smith. Maggie Smith. Yeah, yeah. She was just yeah. with those whip fire, you know. Really quick yeah. comebacks. It was great. But you are not married, Aunt Marge. Well, that's because I'm rich. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, bam. <laughs> uh, so good. Josephine, there's a draft. Anyway. Um, uh, Scott. Scott is his name. Scott. What, yes. I, it was oh, It was my number it was one. number one. I was, I was excited. Plus the fact that she's also going to be costuming uh, Matt Reeves the Batman as her, <gasps> current, as her current job. Yay. I don't. Why you all? You guys obviously don't listen to my podcast. Oh, uh, uh, Seriously, uh, 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 <laughs> I mean to be fair, I don't listen to any podcast. Yeah, actually, this I, one included. I've been. That's well. I mean, you're how on it. dare I know. you? Actually, to, to be fair, I actually have listened to Lisa's dependent on movie dependent, but not Scott. Um, Paul anyway, so I listened to why Scott. I just haven't heard that one yet. That's true. I don't know why yes, you're all yes. excited about the Batman though. It's just going to be the same outfits. That's fine. They were so beautiful. <laughs> Pattinson will make it work. <laughs> I can't believe you even said that sentence. Of course I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, I'm insulted. Uh, but, no, I I was excited by it because I really did enjoy the film. Uh, Tim and I talked about this before I went to go see it because I have never read Little Women, nor have I seen any other film adaptation Yay, of it. Yay, welcome to my so life. I should read it. <laughs> you should see the oh, no, 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 no. I, I, Tim, Tim has photographic evidence that I went and bought the Library of America version that has nice. little women, little boys, and and uh, little others, and, and <laughs> Joe's boys. So I'm, 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 I'm all in. I, I'm all in for for this for this universe. But the costumes were the gorgeous, and like and like universe. you said, Lisa, a period piece is hard to beat. Yeah, it's just going to be prettier. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, not that some. I mean, technically, Jojo Rabbit is a period piece in its own, but it is. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but there's something mm-hmm. about the embroidery, I guess, even of of times past versus screen print T-shirts. 
Uh, <laughs> this is a little different. Although the costumes in Jojo Rabbit were pretty great. Scar- all yes. of Scarlett Johansson's outfits were excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Agreed. Palmer, what do you what say you? The the Little Women outfits were were good. Uh, maybe against the rest of the categories, it should win. I don't think it's the best I've seen for a period piece. Well, no, I've, we I've definitely seen that. better. Like Atonement, I think is is better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I uh, would agree with that. I don't think yeah. they're going for one hundred percent accuracy or anything. I mean, it's not so much accuracy because honestly, unless unless you know, like you work a lot with with clothes because of your cosplaying. So, like to me, I couldn't tell you the difference. Or what's inaccurate about any of the costumes? <laughs> to be fair, I barely can. So <laughs> I'm 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 learning. <laughs> so I mean, I I did like them. Yeah, once upon a time in Hollywood, it was just Brad Pitt in a Hawaiian T-shirt. But he looked the, great. the Irishman not in a Hawaiian T-shirt at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say sometimes shirtless. <laughs> um, the Irishman, they're all in suit and ties. The Joker. I mean, we've seen the Joker. We've seen Joker before. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's nothing different. I would argue that it's not even like the best like Joker suit that's been on screen before. Right. It's hard to beat Jack's plaid pants. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is true. Also, yeah. that beret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, mm-hmm. yeah, classy. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, we can say we you know who you know that we all like Little Women, but is this really the strongest? Like. Uh, Aside from maybe say Little Women, is this really the strongest set of candidates in a? We're not here to costume? discuss. We're not here to discuss that. You get the five, and that's it. We can't. You <laughs> right. Can't go but I'm out just saying, to other like, movies. We don't have time for that. No. Well, but you what can I'm just saying say, is, but once if again, you're giving it to Little Women, the... are you just giving it to Little Women because it really was the best, or because against the the like they just did a really bad job of nominating movies? No, I think. Well, Little but, Women but once was again, but that's not how the Oscars work. Is that you? You have to judge it by these five were the ones that were saying these were the five best of the year. And allegedly, then, uh, once again, of uh, allegedly, I I understand. But <laughs> then you say, okay, now that you have this five, it's which is the best relative to these five? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if and that's the criteria yeah. of the Oscars every year. And so I'm going to say yes, Little Women of these five gets gets the nod all right yeah you can't you, this is you know the rules you can't go outside of the nominations i voted for cats they weren't even <laughs> costumes it would technically would have been in the cg category i'm sure somebody was wearing so something yeah, i hope so <laughs> <laughs> what an, we all like hope they took, so they took the irishman cgi to they, the next they to really did level um palmer what one uh well fun fact this is one of two categories where the winner received a perfect score. Oh. We all chose Little Women. That's very exciting because nice. wonderful you know, because we're friends and stuff. Yeah. All right. Moving <laughs> on. Best makeup and hairstyling: uh, 1917, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, Judy, Joker, and Bombshell were all nominated. Bombshell won. Uh, I think this was. I think this was the clearest winner, um, just based on based on how they they got everyone to look like their respected like their respective real life counterparts. Um, though I think Judy was Judy did a good job 
at um, Renee Zellweger, turning Renee Zellweger into Judy Garland. And 1917 had some real subtle makeup that was quite good. Um, and so, um, Lisa, what say you? So, weirdly, I put Maleficent above it. The good uh, the cheekbones. I got you. Yeah, it, it's just, I really liked the makeup in Bombshell. I think uh, that team, they're the best at what they do. However, sometimes just in the movie, it was a little bit distracting. I think we talked about that mm-hmm. in our like top 10 of the year episode. Sometimes it just, I don't know, it just like didn't work as well as in some of the other movies they've worked on. You know, it wasn't like as transformative. And like I said, sometimes it, it sort of, I don't know, it, it seemed like it influenced the actors to be more like of a cartoonish version of that character. I don't know. It was good, though. But I also think that that was the, but I also felt, Granted, I didn't w- watch Bombshell, <laughs> but I got the impression from the team who was making the movie and previous movies that they have made that the cartoonish parody version is exactly what they were shooting for. Yeah. So I think you have to. So I think you have to kind of go with filmmakers' intent when it comes. Yeah, to but that. it's just been better in some of the other ones. But just I mean, because that was what yeah. they were going for doesn't mean it was the right choice. No, I, I, once again, but once again, that kind of goes down to you subjectively might not have liked the choice, but you have to acknowledge that's what they were going for. So how successful were they in what they were trying to right. do? And I think that's where my brain goes a lot of times is what were the decisions they made? So then I'm going to judge it by how well did they do what they were setting out to do? Yeah. I think I was just like a little bit disappointed, but at the same time, I mean, I had it at my number two, so it's not like I had it at number five or something. <laughs> you right. know? I still really appreciated it. I will say that Nicole Kidman, they did a really good job on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John I Lithgow, that. they did a decent job on. But, like, Charlize Theron, I don't think they did. So it wasn't like... Like, they really nailed Nicole Kidman. Mm -hmm. And not even so much on Charlize Theron. So I believe believe it's it's a very uneven job, too. Mm. Yeah. See, I was the exact opposite, because Charlize Theron was the one that always made me look twice. Yeah, like, I had to guess whether it was her or not. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe it does influence you after you see it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm that in that Lisa's could be camp. playing into it for me. Yeah. Well, Scott, what about what about? Well, I guess you already said your your <laughs> piece, but yeah, um, yeah, I already said my piece because I I did pick I, I even picked Bombshell Sight Unseen just because I thought because of the transformations of Nicole Kidman and, into Greta and and Shirley Theron into Megan Kelly, I. I was impressed. Yeah, and it's not really like you have to watch the movie to be able to gauge. That's right. The, you know, it's one sure. of those, like, the, the score in the original song. Like, you can listen to those on YouTube or on any sort of digital platform. Sure. I would argue that score, you should see the film because the score is in the score is in service to the film. But original song, you could listen to on its own. Uh, we'll find out. Um, <laughs> that being said, I was with Lisa. I I thought Maleficent was was the should have been the winner. As far you know, and I just think because they did more with Maleficent, and it was more across the board. Sure. Whereas I felt Bombshell was kind of uneven at times. Sure. This is the same team that won for Darkest Hour. 
for the Churchill mm-hmm. film. Which was great. Which yes. great. Yeah, which I liked. Which was fantastic. Yeah, that, Same guy that I felt like was really good. Yeah. And in that yeah. instance, though, like the main thing was converting him to Churchill, whereas they're taking three people in this movie and not just one. Sure. Well, they did. Well, I mean, they there are other people that look like their historical counterparts, but even. But my point with that is that the part of their goal with the Churchill makeup. I was just I just watched a thing on this last week that they didn't want him to look exactly like Churchill. They wanted some of Gary Oldman in there because they first mm-hmm. passed with the makeup. He just looked exactly like Winston Churchill, and you couldn't get. Oldman's performance out of it exactly and so going back to this blending thing we were talking about before like you still want the actors and actresses to look kind of like themselves see I I would argue that that darkest hour I can't spot Gary Oldman in there and because of that I think they did such a good job. Yeah, but I the, still know it's Gary suppo- Oldman because so, of his voice. You're supposed to, though. You're supposed to see part of Gary Oldman in there. So maybe you just don't have a good working, clear picture of what Winston Churchill looks like. He looks like Gary Oldman. He does. Well, John Lithgow was certainly channeling his uh, Churchill performance in Bombshell. He sure <laughs> it's was. like almost was the same. He? Yes, yeah. he was. <laughs> what was the name of his Churchill movie? Oh, it's no, a, in, the crown. in the crown. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. There was. I was trying to think because it was a competing Churchill movie, the same year as Darkest yeah. Hour, and it's got Brian Cox as yeah. the actor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Not a bad movie. It was just Gathering not as Storm, good as Darkest Hour. Coming into the storm. Uh, the, the shrouded storm. No, Gathering Storm. No, into no, the storm on HBO. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, Gathering Storm had Albert. Yeah, Finn. that's right. Yeah. Anyway, that one's actually really good. So yeah. Uh, so oh, it's really good. Welcome yeah. to the Churchill podcast. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I would totally do that. <laughs> Who's in with me? All Anybody? right. Okay. It'll be I'm three in. episodes, and that's it. Yay! So <laughs> yeah. the rewindy for makeup and hairstyling goes to Bombshell. Well, could have seen that coming. All right, great. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, moving on. Best cinematography: Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Lighthouse, Joker, The Irishman in 1917, 1917 one, The Deke. Roger Deakins takes home his second Oscar. Man's a master. In a row. Man's a master. It definitely should have won. I mean. What did you win for last year? 19... Blade Runner 2049. You were about to say 1917. Uh, No, I I thought you asked what one. Another number film. What did he win? No, it was like 1917 this, this year. So, um... Oh, yeah, man. I think all these films. Right. I think all these films. They were. It had. They were good cinematography, but I think um, nineteen seventeen was kind of tra- obviously transcended with its like invisible cut films. When I watched, uh, like an average scene has like I think it's like thirty or forty cuts per scene, and there were about a dozen in this whole movie. Um, which is pretty extraordinary considering it, it kind of falls into the action category just a little bit. And so that's pretty awesome. So good for Roger Deakins. And um, if this movie wasn't around, I'd have given it to the lighthouse because it is claustrophobic as heck. And claustrophobic. Uh, lighthouse is actually was my number yeah. two. Yeah, so mine, I'm, there, mine as well. I'm, I'm there with you. Claustrophobic. Too. Yeah. It's made to look like an old timey. Yeah, uh, painting. It is no. It's actually filmed in the aspect ratio that was available at during the time period that the film takes place. Right, and they use the... some lenses too, and mm-hmm. some of the shots, some yeah. old lenses. That is... Yeah, but it, it's also designed to look like like an old photograph. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good stuff. So, uh, Lisa, your thoughts on cinematography in general? 
all of it. Uh, I think like the Roger Deakins. History. Sh- <laughs> yeah. No, I think Roger Deakins should win every day until he passes, Agreed. or every year. Yeah. Uh, so I had you know 1917 as my number one, and I also had the Lighthouse as my number two, because I think it, it was just done so well and they did so many interesting things with with that genre and like you said already the aspect ratio you guys already talked about it so i totally agree with you wonderful mm-hmm. wonderful scott although you actually already said uh, well it was my number one but it was also one of those movies that i thought best cinematography as i was watching it yeah like my brain my th- like the scene where the so- where the soldier is looking out across you know, when he wakes, the, the one cut where there, there's a time lapse and he wakes up and there's like almost that flare ballet going on. Mm-hmm. That was the scene that just made me go, damn. That's the one that's, 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 that's the scene that was shot during the be- day, too. Yeah, yeah, that's the one where I go, that's beautiful. And then, of course, you know, knowing that it was Sam Mendes and Roger Deakins, I'm like, yeah, you could tell this is the same team that did Skyfall. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. this is gorgeous. So, yeah, I was I was so happy. Roger Deakins, I'll, I'll, especially after getting nominated for so many times and then to win two years in a row. And isn't he doing Dune with Villeneuve? Yep, he's doing Dune. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good. It's be a beautiful film. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think he's really doing Dunk, though. If you, no, if you... it's Kunk. Kunk. C-U-N-C. Kunk. Right. Yeah. If you look at the the and... the title card, it's missing middle lines. Yep. Oh, gotcha. And the C, the first C is reversed because they're rebels. Yeah. So it's just like the, it's just like a U shape, but it, it makes all the letters. So it does read Dune if you know Dune, but if you don't, then the, those aren't all letters. It does read <laughs> Dune if you know that that's what it's supposed to say. Yeah. Palmer, how do you feel about 1917 <laughs> winning? I'm fine with it. Oh, my gosh. Uh-oh. I like that Lisa Scott and I are like, great choice. Number one, Palmer's like, it's fine. Well, I mean, to be honest, like, I, like I didn't like the lighthouse, but I thought it was so well shot. Mm-hmm. That being said, just the open scope of 1917 is really beautiful to look at, and it is shot really well. I like it. For a movie, both of those movies I'm not too too high on to begin with. But I believe the technical aspect in 1917 is there. I just don't think the movie overall is. Mm-hmm. So that being said, the Rewindy did go to 1917. Yay. Again, Yay. this was Yay. the second category that it received a perfect score. Oh, oh, interesting. As it should. This is the second award for 1917. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is three categories ago. Yes, because we haven't done the other ones yet. Yeah, this good. is oh. the second award. <laughs> yeah, way to way to spoil it. Okay, great. Um, best production design: Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, nineteen seventeen, and Parasite. The winner was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This was um, this was a choice that was made. I can understand by you, by the Academy. Okay, I can understand why they went for it. It is a very excellent historical representation of of, of of 30 years ago of 60s of 60s hollywood um 60s yeah not 70s 60s, yes. yeah. 60s yeah yes. very late 60s yeah 60s hollywood um there's this really good dichotomies between 
DiCaprio's like uh, DiCaprio's way of life versus Brad Pitt's way of life versus the man's like it's all really plotted and well changed out and it's like one of those like it's so good you don't notice that it's good which is partly um, sometimes when production design stands out too much you I, start it starts to distract from good. the film and so um, sometimes kind of like good special effects they're sometimes the ones you don't notice are the best um, but my pick was 1917 because of the sheer size of what they had to build um, for for their incredibly long shots um, though yeah, that's that. Uh, Lisa. I also chose 1917. I felt that it should have won uh, just because of how many, you know, h- how big that production design had to be to, to fit everything into those one shots and it had to be perfectly timed and every little detail. No Starbucks cups like in Game of Thrones, you know, <laughs> so. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, yeah. So like I, I just I don't know. That was definitely my number one. I actually had. Once Upon a Time, Hollywood, a lot further down on my list. I think my number two was Jojo Rabbit, actually. Uh, but, I mean, I, I can totally appreciate what you're saying. Yeah, I think, actually, in some ways, I think that it wins because a lot of the voting members of the Academy lived in Hollywood during that time. And so they're looking at it and going, oh, my God, it was just like that. And so it's like a mm-hmm. nostalgia vote. The membership's not as old as you think ways. Yeah, you could probably apply that to a lot of movies. That is true. <laughs> but, Maybe not 1917, but, but you know. Right. Good them, but. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Um, and and I hear that. I mean, I, I'm really interested in that time period and what was going on and uh, the story. So I can appreciate that, too. Goody. Goody. Scott. Uh, my thoughts pretty much echo yours, Tim, because uh, I did have 1917 as my number one, but I did have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as my number two. Mm. So I think what made 1917 more for me, not only like you're talking about the scope, but also the the striving for authenticity, you know, where I feel like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is more of a hyper-realistic yeah, stylized, or stylized yeah. version of the mm-hmm. late 60s. So that's why, in my personal estimation, I gave the nod to 1917. But like I said, um, having only seen three of the five movies in this category, <laughs> uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood did get my number two vote. Oh, there you go. So this is interesting because I went with the Academy, actually. I went with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I just thought it was far... I just thought the production quality was far better than any of the other movies that for all the problems I have with the movie, the look and style uh, for the time period is definitely not one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm. You know, the costumes, the sets, everything about that looked correct in the time that it's supposed to be. That's why I went with it. And I think that's why the Academy went with it. 1917, there's there's just a lot of battlefields and a lot of running around. And I understand there are some set pieces. What's but all a, the set? Like, like, even though it's outside, you have to create all of that look. It's not like you can still go to no man's land and just be like, it's still here exactly as it was 100 years ago. No. Yeah, but, and they really push the limits of that, like with, you know, the bodies like stacked up and like. No, I don't know the way that they pose them and the way that, you know, they would like, I don't know, just it was just crazy looking every time that they would go through a field where there were a bunch of people that were 
that had passed. Um, that to me also was just really impressive. Something I hadn't really seen before, even in a war film. Yeah. I mean, these are good arguments. <laughs> Ultimately, <laughs> the numbers uh, came into effect and production design, the Rewindy goes to 1917. Oh, Barely. Oh. Still goes. Barely. Well, yeah, uh, three out of four of us voted for it. So Yeah, but it was... Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was, like, number two for everyone. Mm -hmm. And 1917 was actually much further down on my list. Oh, I see. So it it came close. I was like, ew, mud, number nine. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like mud. (laughs) Palmer, there's only five (laughs) movies. Number nine. Nine. It actually gets negative four points. Oh, goodness. All right, so moving on, best sound editing, which is where sounds are, if people don't know. No, it is not. It's when sounds (laughs) are created in the studio. Um, So whether they're brand new or they're created by a Foley artist or by a computer or whatever, this is before you put them into the movie. This is just the creation of the sound. And the... um, the films nominated were Ford versus Ferrari, Joker, nineteen seventeen, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, in Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, Ford versus Ferrari one, um, which um, I agree with generally because because the cars went vroom vroom. They went vroom in the right way. It didn't sound like you know like <laughs> it didn't sound James like Bond movie he jumps over the where he jumps over the the river or whatever, and he goes. It's one of the Roger Moore ones. I can't remember which one it is. It's live and let yes, die. Thank you. I'm just <laughs> yeah. telling you. I'm sorry. I, Lisa knows this. <laughs> Don't miss. <laughs> yeah. That's silly. Now I'm going to have that Paul McCartney song stuck in my head. You're welcome. So anyway. go. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I, a part of me, I think I might have given this to Star Wars just because sometimes there's like, there's a part of me that was like, well, you created sounds for something that doesn't exist. And I think that's that's a special skill, like to not make that sound stupid, but like a, we know what a car sounds like. We even know what those cars sound like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but a but like something that happens in space by an alien creature that doesn't actually exist—that's a brand new creation out of nothing. And um, and so I think that's a that's a bigger and and different skill. But um, I love Ford versus Ferrari, so I'm perfectly fine with edit, sound editing going in that direction. Lisa, um, I gave it to Ford versus Ferrari. I mean, I just think uh, again, like there could be a tendency for this movie to just be loud and rattling and frustrating to listen to, especially if you're not a huge car person. But uh, it, it was really crisp and clear, and um, it sounded really good. Uh, you know, I cannot compare it to real car sounds and be able to tell the difference, but I can tell that it worked for the movie. Um, I sympathize with your Star Wars vote, although I didn't feel like there was any new sounds in this particular version of Star Wars. So while I think maybe initially they created a lot of sounds, it just didn't, I don't know, for some reason it just didn't stand out to me the same. So I had Ford versus Ferrari as my number one. And then for number two, I actually had 1917. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm. All acceptable, I think. Honestly, the only one, Joker and Once Upon a Time are the ones that are almost like. This seems to be a theme this year. Like you have one or two really yeah. good nominees. And then the other ones are like, we needed five. 
<laughs> Once upon a time, you could almost like I can be like, yeah, okay, because it sounds of the '60s, and you got to recreate those, and like cars sound yeah. different, ads sound different, you know, cigarette smoke sure. is different or something. I don't know. So like, <laughs> I, I get that, but uh, Joker was an odd choice for sound editing. I like need to know more about yeah. sound editing to fully appreciate why it was nominated in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott. Uh, I had Ford versus Ferrari as my number one, and I actually have an interesting take on this since I'm a gearhead by proxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I mentioned, my dad. I mean, my my to give you a little bit of history why my, that is. My dad restores vintage British sports cars in his basement as his retirement hobby. My address I mean, he, is thirty nine. <laughs> if you ever want to send me one, sounds expensive. <laughs> uh, well, he's he's done too. But he he loves British sports cars so he he has like a, a 1959 triumph tr3 which basically kind of looks like an aston martin in a little bit mm-hmm. like a, a lot of british cars can kind of have that same look sure. to them and but you know he's the guy who like strips them down to their frame sands it down repaints it and then puts it piece by piece back together don't let nick hear about this <laughs> just kidding he would love I, this i've helped him I, I've helped him with both of his cars because one of them was the car my wife and I drove away from from our reception. Aww. And and so I think my sound editing argument for Ford versus Ferrari, you're like, well, we know what cars sound like this or that. But I think this kind of goes back to like when we talk about the visual effects being the ones you don't notice or the costumes being the ones that feel the real, look the most accurate. I'm telling you as someone who has helped work on cars – that sitting next to my dad and like he's listening to the noises going okay no that's what they're doing or that's the like mm-hmm. it's not just that they're making sounds it's like they're making sounds that accurately reflect what they're actually doing mm-hmm. yeah like they can tell and just that, by ear what's off or yeah yeah and my dad can do that yeah. so it's so i think that's why i get the first variety is that it's not just like like almost like what you said least it's not just a bunch of loud sounds like no this is what this is what it sounds like. Yeah. And, and, and well-timed because it could just give you a headache if you're just listening to cars rev for two hours. That would be terrible. But it doesn't sound like that. Exactly. So I, th- I, I that's the authenticity argument is what I kind of throw into that that, you know, pushes it over the, the – pushes it to the number one for me. That's a good point. That's an excellent point. Palmer. Yeah. Palmer's fun fact. Loud, rattling, and difficult to listen to is one of our reviews on iTunes. Really? I don't know. Oh. Probably. (laughs) Uh, I mean, Ford versus Ferrari, car went vroom, sounded good. (laughs) Really nothing else in this category that stood out to me. I was going to say, I don't think you'd listen to anything Scott just said. (laughs) No, (laughs) but that's Scott. Like, he went very in-depth. With me, it's just, you know... I heard a car, sounded like a car. To me, the rest of these things weren't weren't really that impressive. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I didn't hate Ford versus Ferrari, sure, why not? Right on. Right on. <laughs> and the Rewindy went to Ford versus Ferrari. Twist. Yeah. Didn't see that coming at all. I did. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Best sound mixing, which is which we take those sounds that were created and we actually put them in the film at particular volumes to emphasize certain emotional beats and so on and so forth. The nominees were Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Joker, Ford versus Ferrari, Ad Astra, coming in strong with one nomination, Ad Astra, and 1917. Usually you get 
nominated for both of the sound categories. It's very strange that it got nominated only for mixing. Although the clip they showed of the explosion in space, like that muffled explosion. Was in like, space, no one can hear an explosion. I know. But they were in the atmosphere. Unless you're near atmosphere, so there's actually something for the sound to bounce off of. Listen, Scott, I don't need to hear your science jargon. You're not a science teacher. Are you? Palmer went on a real limo on that. (laughs) (laughs) He got really nervous there for a second. (laughs) Are you? Are you you really? Look, there's a lot of things that I don't know about Scott. And... (laughs) His last name, I, what I'm he does barely, for I'm fairly certain all I know is his name is Scott. And I don't even know if that's just like a made-up name for the podcast. One T, two Ts, <laughs> C, K. I don't know how it's spelled. There are a lot of Scots in the podcasting world. That's true. Conspiracy theory. Yeah. Mm. It's all just this. It's guy. all him. Yeah. And a lot of it's Tims I'm going to point out to you. Oh, yeah. I was more concerned about no, the Tims. No, that, that's really just <laughs> all Tim. Like, he just does, like, 18 podcasts that's a true. day. What's, what's most important is that there's only one Palmer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, America. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, 1917 won Best Sound Mixing. I would say that is, um, apart from, apart from, I guess, any of these films, um, Ford versus Ferrari in 1917 would be on my list of, of excellent sound mixing. So I'm I'm quite happy that... I'm quite happy this is the direction that it went with um, because it's not afraid to it's not afraid to dial them back or pump them up depending on the scene in favor of like what the emotion is calling for uh, and uh, I like that very much Lisa I chose nineteen seventeen again uh, for number one or no sorry Ford no you Ferrari. did not whoa whoa liar whoa, whoa. curveball Okay, I, I chose Ford versus Ferrari for number one, and then number two was 1917 for me. Cool. I just, I think I, I think in my mind a little bit, I do blend sound mixing and editing a little bit, so that could have been part of it for me, well, but... I mean, um, everyone kind of does. Yeah, so, uh, but I, I just was impressed with the sound, obviously. I keep saying it over and over with Ford versus Ferrari, so that's why it was my number one, but uh, number two is 1917, so... Yeah, that's all I have to say. And Scott? Same thing. I mean, Ford vs. Ferrari was my number one. 1917 was my number two because sound and sound. So I, I just felt like those... It, 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 it's always weird when different movies win, like... Like Palmer said, you kind of expect the same movies to... Or was it Tim? I don't remember me. at this point. That was I thought so. Uh, that, you know, you expect the same movies to be nominated in both of these categories, but I kind of also expect the same movie to win both of the categories. And so I, I picked Ford versus Ferrari for a lot of the same reasons I mentioned in my sound editing conversation. So that's all I have to say about all that. Right, and Thank you, Forrest. <laughs> and Palmer. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, I would have loved to give an Ad Astra more love. Mm. It was a boring movie, but it sounded good. <laughs> like, that was... <laughs> like. Like, you want to listen to a movie, you listen to Ad Astra. Yeah. You want to watch a movie, don't watch Ad Astra. Oh, stop <laughs> it. Uh, that being said, I ultimately settled on 1917 because... Palmer's for... running commentary that I, <laughs> I settled on 1917. Well, no. The, the reason <laughs> The reason I went with this over Ford versus Ferrari, like I did in the last sound, I felt the the volumes... In 1917, 
were just done so well with the with the parts of the movie they're supposed to be synced up at. Like it goes from really loud to really quiet really well and it that can be difficult to do in movies and still sound right. That's true. There have been some movies or shows I've seen where you're like turning the volume up and down the whole time. Oh, or absolutely. you like leave the theater and you're like that was that, that is, was bad. That yeah. is why, like at home, every movie I watch has uh, closed caption on. Yeah, I also so that way I don't have to keep doing. That. I like the noise um, noise reduction is the thing that you can do on right. Apple TV. It does mm. natural noise reduction, which is super helpful when Hans Zimmer scores. Come yeah. On. Um, <laughs> while we're while we're on the the topic of sound, though, can we get Hollywood to agree to just stop using like? the really muffled, like, 30 seconds worth of sound every time you have an explosion. I'm over this already. <laughs> no. All right. Well, I tried, America. You did. The Rewindy, the re- the rewindy <laughs> goes to 1917. Hooray. Okay. Um, the moment we've all been waiting for, best original song. Let it go, let it go. <laughs> I mean, we've been we've been waiting for it because I promised... Uh, Twitter that you would sing all of these. So, chop chop. <laughs> okay, into the unknown. Here it goes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part of that song. We can back you up in yep. the background, <laughs> but we won't. I love him. I love him. Nope, this is nope. me. This is me. Uh, next one. I can't let you. I can't let you throw yourself away. There. There. See, I did two of them. Good job. Thank you. Um, so uh, into the unknown, I, um, into the unknown from Frozen Two, I can't let you throw yourself away from Toy Story Four. I'm standing with you from Breakthrough, Stand Up from Harriet, and I'm gonna love me again from Rocket Man. Winner, I'm gonna love me again from Rocket Man. Music by Elton John and Bernie Taupin. And Bernie Taupin. I, my apologies, you're correct. Well, I didn't say everybody else on <laughs> Poor there. Poor so Bernie. I just said films, but you know, actually, he he got to speak first, so. He got to speak mm-hmm. most. Yes, he did. Elton John was like, look, I win lots of Grammys. You basically just voted for this because I'm Elton John. See ya. Um, controversial opinion. That might be true. I'm not sure about that. That's not a controversial opinion. Like, that's that's correct. It is for me because I loved it. <laughs> the Academy, like, everyone kind of makes the joke about the Golden Globes when they nominate stuff. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, they just want that person to show up there. I feel the Academy does this specifically during uh, original songs. They want to hang out with Elton John. They don't want to hang out. Well, with no, they want him well, on I the do broadcast. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like too. they want yeah. Elton John there. They want uh, <laughs> Bruce Springsteen there. So when they have a chance to, they'll, they'll give them the award, gotcha. whether or not they're really the best. I mean, that's, that's true. And I guess that's true and not true all at the same time. I don't remember what I chose. Can you actually tell me? I can tell you. Well, I think I might have been into the unknown. You chose into the unknown. Yeah, twist. I knew it. And then maybe... I mean, it just wasn't in, into the unknown's good. And that beginning, like that it's ethereal the... mm-hmm. part, is really good. But it's not let it go. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't really taken with any of these songs. Although I can't <laughs> let you throw yourself away is like in my head at least once a week. Um, but I think this is Randy Newman. Yeah. 
So I'll tell you who wasn't taken by these nominees. Scott. Lisa. Oh, twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was either going to be... It was either going to be me, Lisa Scott, or you. So, um, Lisa, please tell I, us. I wasn't taken by these nominees either. You're you're not wrong. Yeah, I'm telling you I don't right think now. any of us were really. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. tell so, us Lisa's first. Yeah. Go ahead, Lisa. So I picked. I'm gonna love me again. And my controversial opinion is, I do think it deserved it. I think it was the best song. I listened to all the songs. I thought I'm gonna love you again, and I can't uh, let you throw yourself away. We're legitimately good songs the other ones i really could have lived without um i did not really love any of the songs in frozen but if i had to choose one i probably would have chosen the one Kristoff sang as like a better catchier more fun song yeah uh Mm -hmm. and yeah the breakthrough one made me want to jump out a window or Um, fall in a thing of ice yeah it was like am i better off in the ice i don't know um yeah they just weren't super catchy like i was kind of surprised when i listened to all of them but but i'm gonna love me again was awesome and i love elton john so i'm incredibly biased i'm done that's fine that's <laughs> very fair scott <laughs> I, I i i take credit for being the least enthralled by these nominees because i only saw two of the five movies <laughs> that these songs were in and i did not care for into the unknown kind of like lisa said i wasn't really taken with any of the songs in frozen 2 and I didn't remember. I can't let you throw yourself away. Like I, like I. If you played it for me, I would. Go, I would probably go. Was that in the movie? Yeah, I was. I was <laughs> and, the same way listening to and, it. And then the other three never saw the movie, so I never heard the songs. Mm. So I actually. This is what it's country. I didn't vote in this category at all. This is true. You did because <laughs> the only. Because the only song I recognized was Into the Unknown, and I wasn't giving it a vote. Which, which I will say, it made it easier for me to pick the winner. So what did, <laughs> what did no. we do? No. Well, we're going to hear my thoughts on these songs. I thought we did already. No. We went out of order. You just heard, you just heard my thoughts on them giving songs. the Academy Award to Elton John. Oh, okay. But then by all means. You did go on for a long time about Elton yeah, John. You did. Well, because <laughs> he's, <jealous>. he's old. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. That's Sir Elton John you're talking about. You're, you're so, closer to his age <laughs> than all of us. <laughs> I thought Scott was older. He's not. Damn it. No. <laughs> uh, anyway. A- am I not the oldest? Apparently really? not. In How it, old are you, Palmer? I'm 38. Oh, okay. So not much older. <laughs> not much because I turned 38 in March. Oh, yeah. So. so it's like six months difference. I was still right. <laughs> okay. Yay. So... Um, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the crown off of Scott and say I was the least enthralled by these songs. <laughs> We're all arguing who cared less. Again, songs. into the unknown we've already discussed wasn't good. I'm standing with you was even worse. Like I think that song had five lyrics and it was just the title of the song. I'm gonna love you. I'm gonna love me again is good. It's it's peppy at least. Uh. I can't let you throw yourself away. When I fi- when I heard the songs, I went back through and listened to all of them on their own. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of the scene that it was in, and in the in the vein of the movie, it works because it's the montage of Forky trying to throw himself away, and and uh, Woody like grabbing him out of the trash or saving him all the time. Oh, that's where yeah. it is in the movie. Okay, <laughs> like it's you, the Paul. best. It's it's one of the best bits in the movie. 
That's really one of yes, the it is. But it's not the best song. Yeah, I went with the song from Harriet. For one, I thought the I thought the song was good. I also have a partialness to that style song. Like I love it when you have a court like a a choir doing uh, backup on the vocals. And I felt in the vein of the movie, the song fits perfectly. Like if you listen to the lyrics of the movie, it fits the movie. Mm -hmm. So that's why I went with it. Makes sense. Ultimately, um, I'm going to love me again won the Rewindy. Okay. Yeah, great. Yeah. Because I have have scruples (laughs) and... I could have just put Scott's vote towards what I wanted, but I didn't this time. Yeah, yeah we don't know that. We can't see the ballots. Yeah, it's true. He's act- like, I really can't see them. I can <laughs> That's true. Back of them. Can't even see his face now. Spoiler alert. The Irishman wins best picture. Twist. Uh, best. Or- <laughs> we're going to do best original score. Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. We're all nominated. Joker won best score. Uh, I thought deservedly so. It's an amazing score. Um, very otherworldly. Um, and I listened to the soundtracks for all of them, and I thought 1917 has some spectacular music, as does Marriage Story and Little Women. Um, but I don't think they do anything that we really haven't heard Thomas Newman, um, Randy Newman, or uh, who are related to one another, by the way. I would think so. Mm. They're both last they, name they Newman. They are cousins. Um, or um, Alexander Desplat. I haven't heard them all do before, and then certainly talking, and then Rise of Skywalker. I, as I love John Williams, as do many people, and I love Star Wars music more than almost anything. But it really wasn't; it wasn't his best, and um, and Joker was a was a better score. So, Lisa, I gave it to Star Wars. <laughs> After you just said all that, that was my number. Good one. job, Lisa. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I feel like he should have gotten it. Um, maybe even if it was just like a nod, a, you know, this is your last Star Wars. And so you get the award. Film. I would have been comfortable with that. So that was my number one. And then number two, I think I had Little Women. Yeah, Little Women has great music. Mm-hmm. It was excellent. Um, <laughs> uh, Scott. Oh, I gave it to Joker all all day long. So it was... I love. I'm also biased because I love cello. Mm. It's it's a it's an instrument that I and do jello. just find. Oh, that is true. Um, not as much anymore, but yes. It's okay, you'll um, cycle back around when you get I, older. It's okay. <laughs> 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 it's it's every no, other I, decade. I love. <laughs> I I I love the score by itself. Uh, I love the score, particularly in the movie. Uh, I agreed with your thoughts when it came to John Williams' and Star Wars, Tim. It's it, like it, it didn't even have something like a Duel of the Fates from Phantom Menace or, you know, across the star. Like, even with the prequel trilogy, like, every, it it, like, there was a piece that came out yeah, of it. Yeah, it doesn't even have, like, and, the Octo, like, the, the Jedi Steps piece, or it doesn't really have anything like that. It's really just, a, like, a compilation of his leitmotifs from previous star wars films which is fine because it's all great right but it doesn't it doesn't hold weight in comparison to the new like really the new music that was created for these other films right and then um little women was my number two Mm. because i do enjoy 
Alexander Desplat. I, I I think the I think I first fell in love with him because didn't he do the 2005 Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley? Did indeed. Yeah. I, if it's a period oh, film, they get it. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, because did oh, and I, and this will speak to Tim's heart too. Didn't he also do the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio Man the Iron Mask? Uh, no, he did not actually. No, okay. that was Alexander Dumas. <gasps> no. Oh. Don't, don't, that's, don't Alex, it. that's Alexander dumbass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and in 1917, I'm not saying it was bad music, a, like, but when the movie was over, I couldn't like I, I, I couldn't tell you the music. So that was my that was my feelings about 1917. So, yeah, Joker was my number one and Little Woman was my number two Good stuff. So there's four of us on this episode. Indeed, there is two of us. Had the correct thinking for this category. Me and Scott. Me and Lisa with Star Wars being the number one. <laughs> Did you even see Star Wars? No, but I listened to the soundtrack. I, I actually listened to all the soundtracks. You know me. And I hate Star Wars. So to get me to vote for a Star Wars movie has to be really good or be named John Williams. So, But I agree with Lisa. It should. He should have gotten it. It should have been a nice nod. The poor guy has lost the Oscars more times than anybody in history. Yeah, but he's also won a bunch, question mark? He's won some. He's the most nominated. Oh, okay. I, mm. I see where you're going, so I figured I'd help you out there. Thank you. I wasn't, I have, I wasn't sure how many he's yeah. actually won. Um, I did like, so aside from The Rise of the Skywalker, I did really like uh, Marriage Story and Little Women. The, the uh, 1917, the music wasn't what the movie it wasn't like a compliment to the movie. It was there when it had to be. I think there are certain pieces that complement the movie very well, but mostly it's Thomas Newman doing his Thomas Newman thing. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't um, memorable. Like, I can't, like, if you played it right now, I would not say, oh, yeah, that's 1917. Right. Yeah, the and, only piece that I thought really was Oh, by the was, way, Tim, the, to answer your the question. Light, um, um, the late show. John Williams won five times. Five yeah. times, Okay. Well, and it could have been six. I'm Schindler's just kidding. It should have been six. <laughs> no, no. I'm just kidding. Schindler's List, E.T., Star Wars, Jaws, A New Hope, Jaws, and Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, sure. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> he, hmm. he orchestrated the music for yeah. the film. He didn't on um, Broadway. Oh, I could man. see Palmer's wheels turning. Because I'm going to see it Thursday. <laughs> I know. I'm going to be there. Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> John Williams won't be. <laughs> Uh, and then I had Joker dead last. Did you see Joker? No. Okay. Just checking. Nope. Uh, I drew. I drew a line in the sand, and that was. It's just never. And it got happen. washed away because it was the sand. Nope. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's powerful. I honestly yeah. don't know how many times this actually happened because I wasn't keeping track. But as we can tell now, the winner of this category was actually none of our number ones. Oh, so interesting. interesting. Because me and Lisa had uh, Star Wars. You and Scott had 1917. So naturally... No, we, no, we had, had Joker. Joker. Oh, fine. Either way, they were both bad. <laughs> the winner was obviously <laughs> Little Women. I'm fine with that, yeah. actually. I think Little that Little has a great it might have been everybody's number two or three. But it, yeah, it was, definitely on, it was definitely the rankings on this one. It was the average. It was. Yeah. <laughs> totally fine. Okay, uh, we're going to go into that. We're going to move into the categories that I know not everybody has seen, so we're going to go a little bit faster here. Yay. Um, best animated short film, Sister, Memorable, Kit Bull, uh, Dissera, uh, Daughter, 
and Hair Love. Hair Love won best um, best short film. I really would have liked it to have been Kit Bull. A Hair Love was my second choice. Kit Bull was the one, just the kitten and the dog, and they became friends, and it was really it was cute. The one with the kitten and the pit bull. Yeah, that's the Kit one. Bull. Yeah, Kit Bull. Yeah, it was really cute, and I had yeah. I cried a little bit at the end because I'm a bush. But Hair Love was also pretty great, and I'm happy it was. The other ones were weird and creepy, and I didn't like them. Oh. What? Yeah. No, actually, that's not true. I really liked Memorable. Psst. Uh, memorable. His favorite won. was memorable. Oh, so I just yeah. said it was memorable. So just and I said it before you. It's me, so. so beautiful, like such an incredible looking <coughs> short. Number one, and then number two, the subject matter was just. I mean, maybe maybe I'm a little bit biased because my um, husband's uh, grandmother she is going through Alzheimer's, and you know my grandfather had dementia and. I don't know. I just don't feel like we get a lot of uh, from their perspective, you know, usually Mm -hmm. it's told from the perspective of the rest of the family. And this is from the painter's perspective. The short that I watched didn't have any subtitles, which at first I was I was like scrambling to find some closed captions that would work. Nothing would work. But I actually didn't even need them because you can just watch it without that. And I highly recommend watching it. I can't imagine that they would ever make a whole movie like that just because of the level of detail that they had to put Mm -hmm. into these um it was like part CG, but part stop, you know, motion. Um, and I, I think if they had to do a whole movie, that would be too much. But it's just cool what you can do with a short sometimes. So I would have voted for memorable. And then after you that, did. I had hair love. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lisa was so dedicated to this episode. She couldn't find <laughs> she couldn't find the subtitles for the short. So she went out and learned the language. Excellent. Yeah, I actually know French now. So, yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> you know? <laughs> huh? No. But I, but I do agree with Lisa. Um, memorable. Hey, I thought the animation was was a little weird. Going out of turn. Well, what Scott didn't here? vote for it, so I'm assuming he didn't see any. Oh, okay. Well, at least say that. So I don't all right, feel bad. Scott. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I didn't see any of it. Well, you should. Okay, okay. Palmer. I will, I will well, I'll, honestly, though, speaking to Lisa's, I would be very interested to see Memorable because Alzheimer's does run in my family. Mm-hmm. So I've probably got that to look forward to. So I, <laughs> I, bleak, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Memorable, I liked the animation style. And um, Sister and Daughter, I I. Definitely didn't like the animation style. And Daughter, I didn't even really like the camera movement. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little too. It was a little too herky jerky for me. Technical terms. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that being said, I absolutely loved Hair Love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it was. It was, it was. It was so cute. The animation was. You know, the animation was really good. The story was really cute. About a. You know you about the father just helping the daughter try to do her unmanageable hair after a YouTube video. And then you get the, you kind of get the emotional punch at the end. Um, But even before that, I just thought it was a really cute little short and Kit Bull. I mean, it's okay. I, I don't, I'm not a dog person. Sure. I'm a cat person. If it was like, well, there's cat? a cat in it. Right, but if it was just all cats, <laughs> then maybe. We have but that's why you like cats so much. I know, so it much. was great. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, there was also some weird choices with the animation on cat, 
on Cat Bowl that on cats uh, there sure was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I ultimately landed on Hair Love, and the rewindy went to Hair Love. Hair Love. Cool. Okay. Go yeah. Team. Uh, best live action short film: The Neighbor's Window, Brotherhood, Nefta Football Club, Soraya, and A Sister. Good. I've been waiting for this category. Uh, the um, Oscar Same. went to the neighbor's window. Yes. Uh, which Lisa and I talked about and we thought was weird and uncomfortable. And All right. I want to know what <laughs> you have. It. What was your issue with this movie, Lisa? Because it was dead last on your on your ballot. Bec- OK, I just didn't like the message. I, you know, I understand that they were trying to create this idea that like, oh, they were frustrated with their family. And then they see this young, hot couple across the street having sex and having parties and all that and that's appealing but then one of them gets cancer and then he dies allegedly and then they don't know you find out at the end that you know they were watching them the whole time they were were frustrated with all their kids but that was the life they wanted he didn't get to have and i was like so the message is you're very jealous of people in their 20s but don't worry they might die like and that's the only scenario where you wouldn't be jealous of them as if they Get sick and die. I think it's more. I, like I just appreciate I, <laughs> what you have in front of you. Right. The grass guess, is not always greener on the, the other grass, side. On, the grass is not always greener in the apartment complex across right. the way. So but it has to be that bleak for them to see that. I don't know. Yes, it just to me, it doesn't film. paint a very yes. rosy picture of having children. So <laughs> or now, being married. Well, I mean, <laughs> nothing should ever have that picture. But <laughs> like just Dang. just watching Scott's Twitter sometimes, it's like that. Scott's, Scott, Scott what? loves what, what, his what, what about my Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> Scott's back on my board. My kids are super cute. I went through an entire summer of watching you quote all along the watchtower. I was building a playset in my backyard for my And it kids. took you oh, the entire summer. I was like, building a watchtower. ten days. It took ten days because that's how many lines there are in the court in that in that verse of along the watchtower. It Dad, perfectly timed out. Daddy, is our play is our play stuff done yet? No, there's still three more lines in the song. I'm not done with the song yet. Um, um, anyway, so all right, so you think it's you thought it was creepy? Do you think the same way of Rear Window? No, because Rear Window is a good movie, and it's Alfred Hitchcock. It's also well, it's also a thriller. It's not like a what yeah. have you learned about your life, Jimmy Stewart? I mean, this could be a don't worry, that other life is crappier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which it was. He doesn't have kids in yeah. that movie either. I I actually <laughs> really love The Neighbor's Window um, because of that. For all the reasons you disliked it, is I think the reasons <laughs> that I liked it because like. I just was I was gobsmacked by like this couple spending good chunks of their life with with binoculars looking in on their neighbors across the street and their neighbors never noticing and then finding out <laughs> the neighbors were also doing the same thing I thought was hilarious but I also liked how it gave them a connection so so when the end for for their her husband comes she she seems to at least be able to have some sort of emotional support from the stranger who she kind of knows from watching through the window but has never met like they they have emotional support in each other even though this is the first time meeting um and if you hate people as much as i do and yet <laughs> still love confirm. people watching he hates people this movie is for you Mm, no, Brotherhood was robbed. That should have won. Well, 
then you're really not going to like the winner of the Rewindy because it went to Nefta Football Club. I did. That was my second. I uh, thought that was yeah. a really it fun was, short yeah. too. Yeah, Nefta was Nefta was cute. It was the that only was one cute. that you didn't want to die afterwards. Really, right? I didn't want to die after the neighbor's window. I wanted to start peering in on my neighbors. Yeah, I I, was, <laughs> I honestly wasn't thrilled with all of the short films this year. I. I've been watching the Oscar short films for years now, and like I used to go to the theater to see them up until. And then you realize you could just watch them online. No, that theater closed. It was kind of an experience. It was fun because they would show all the animated ones and they show all the live action ones. It was it was great. That sounds cool. Yeah, it was it was fun. The theater was really small. It was like all couches and old seats, and yeah, but this one was like an art. It was like an art house theater, Mm. Um, and it was it was real fun. And uh, but anyway, it it closed. But this is the first year that I. this is the first year that I really wasn't enamored with any of them. I was kind of like, yeah, they're all good. They're fine. They're good. They're they're well made in, in in their own. But I, for some reason, I I couldn't connect with anything. So it honestly didn't really matter to me which one took home the prize. Yeah. But anyway, you said it was an after football club. It was. Right on. So we're gonna move on. Um, I don't know if you guys. I don't know. About this is going to be the easiest category ever. Great, best documentary short subject. Yep. Go, Lisa. Uh, oh, you're not going to say what one? Oh, uh, oh the yeah, winner me, no, was. No, no, no. Let me let me say. All right, let go me ahead. say what. Walk, run, cha cha. St. Louis Superman. Life overtakes me in the absence and learning to skateboard in a war zone. If you're a girl, which took home best picture, best short subject documentary. Okay, now Lisa, mm-hmm. go. I watched quite a few of these. I didn't get to watch all of them, but of the ones I watched, I liked Walk, Run, Cha-Cha. And I didn't expect to when I fired it up, but it is a deeply moving story about a couple that lived, you know, in Vietnam during a time when, you know, they weren't allowed to dance, but they both happened to like ballroom dancing and they would like dance in secret. And then they had to flee uh, the... The guy that eventually is the husband, he flees with his family, um, and he can't take his girlfriend with him, so they're separated for six years, and then they get back together, and now all these years later in like their 50s and 60s or whatever, they're still dancing, and it's really sweet, and I don't know. I had like happy tears when I watched that. It was very moving and shot really well. And they have this little dance number at the end, and it's so precious. I don't know. That was, to me, I had the biggest connection with that one. I felt like it was a very strong narrative and straightforward. I saw some of the other ones, but that one was the best one to me. Okay. That's right. Uh, Scott, did you see anything? No, I never see the documentary. <laughs> like, no, I, I never <laughs> see the documentaries. <laughs> The rewindy for best documentary short goes to Walk, Run, Cha-Cha, as Lisa was the only one to see them all. Uh, But that being (laughs) said, I do want to see Walk, walk, Run, Cha-Cha, and I do want to see... Life Overtakes Me looks good, too, on Netflix. Um, I also do want to see Learning to Skateboard in a a War Zone if you're a girl. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought that was one of the better acceptance speeches of the night. Yeah, the 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 lady who taught was really emotional about it um to the point where she was physically shaking which and she also mentioned that nervous. she's been working on documentaries for four decades and hasn't really oh, yeah. made yeah. that next leap which i think speaks to a, a larger issue yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was the female um, directors that wasn't excellent. That but, wasn't excellent. Yeah. and then her co-director or her partner 
Um, that yeah, was I don't also, know what was. Yeah, that was who know. was also up there. <laughs> One, her face was shiny. <laughs> like no, she, it was. It was very shiny. Um, but like she was also in like one of the best dresses of the night. So like, th- like those two sold me on w- watching this movie. So I have to tr- kind of track it down. <laughs> Good stuff. We're moving. We are moving on because uh, we still have, have quite a number of categories left. So, best documentary feature: Honeyland, For Sama, The Edge of Democracy, The Cave, and American Factory, which took home the best documentary feature. If I remember correctly, this was the uh, the happiest group of nominees, right? Yes, sure. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Did anybody watch documentaries? Uh, me and Lisa did. Great. Um, Lisa, Guy had go, Lisa. Lisa, go first. Uh, I watched for Sama, so I think that's the only one I watched when I'm looking at this list. I still rank them because I watched like the uh, trailers for all of them, but yeah, for Sama is insane. I, I don't think I've ever seen a documentary like that before because it's told from the perspective of the mother and she's talking to her daughter and she took all this footage of when she was working in these hospitals uh, in Syria. And it is just an incredible story. There's, oh my gosh, there's so many insane moments in that documentary. It's, I, I don't know. I I can't even like, I don't want to take up too much time to talk about it, but I really think you should see it. It is really beautiful. Um, and yeah, it's just, it, it's crazy that she lived through that experience and that she had all that footage and that it was put together so perfectly into a film. It's just, wow. Like if you told me that, it wasn't really a documentary and it's just a movie, I would believe you because uh, it's just such an incredible story. But I, I highly recommend it. I'll definitely I'll definitely put it on my list to watch. I watched a, f- I watched a couple of these straight through and then I've watched bits and pieces. The only one I didn't get to was For Sama. Uh, Honeyland was okay. I wanted to see that, but yeah, I, I ran out of time. Yeah, it was okay, and I never, I never finished it. I watched about half of it. Mm. It just, it wasn't my cup of tea. I just wasn't interested in the subject matter. Maybe you didn't have enough yeah. honey in it. Probably. <laughs> um, Edge of Democracy. Oh, <laughs> Edge of Democracy was was pretty well done. The cave was one that I saw the least amount of. Um. The I really really enjoyed American Factory, which is Ooh, available on it. it's available on Netflix, and okay. um, it gave me mixed feelings. Like I know what. So when I saw them, when I saw them accept the award, and they kind of talked about, they talked about like the workers of the world uniting. Like that was what their goal was for this for this documentary mm. I didn't feel that watching the documentary I felt they kind of took a very um, a very even line with the subject matter of the unions versus versus the Chinese company not wanting the union which I guess is a good thing for a documentary filmmaker like they seem more unbiased I guess right they were I, I felt this I felt the movie itself was very unbiased and it kind of led you to to give you your own thing. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty rare. In a and, <laughs> and I like I walked out of there. I walked out of watching the movie and I'm like, you know, what I what I would have thought I was going to think going into it about unions of that, I felt different than when I walked out. Mm-hmm. 
So it's definitely an interesting movie. And if you ever watch it, let me know so that way we can actually have a discussion about it because yeah. I would be interested in your thoughts. Um, oh, one last thing about For Sama I forgot to say. Serious trigger warning, though. It is really graphic and violent because you're at a hospital and you're seeing a lot of people that are dead, including children, and it is really rough. So right. if you do want to watch it, it's a good story. Um, and it's a great documentary, but it is, it was, I had to look away sometimes. So I do want to say that just in case anybody watches it, they should know that going in because I did not. So it was a surprise. And, and Palmer, I appreciate your thoughts on American factory because it's, it's nice to know that the film itself, at least in, in, in your viewing felt objective, because I will admit you quoting Karl Marx in your acceptance speech is kind of turning me off so it's kind of nice to know if it's on netflix i might actually give it a shot yeah despite despite the the filmmaker's choice yeah and it'll be interesting like if you watch it and you come out saying well i thought it was completely biased it'll be weird to see like where i didn't make that disconnect and if it was just like when i kind of made up my mind in the movie if i just kind of turned a blind eye to what they were trying to do so that, but I honestly don't think I did. Um, that being said, uh, For Sama was the rewindy. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, we, are, we have 10 categories left. Um, and oh, so we'll see what happens. Let's do best animated feature film. Um, Missing Link, Klaus, I Lost My Body, uh, How right to there. Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. And Toy Story 4, which took home Best Animated Feature Film. I vehemently disagree with Toy Story 4 taking home Best Animated Film. I thought it was just okay. You had it at number two. Mm, highest to lowest. <laughs> um, <laughs> I handled. Yeah, I um, I thought it was just okay. I mean, I, it was. I kind of enjoyed it when I watched it, but like the whole movie was just woody. And that, like... And that kind of bothered me from a, like, the gang's all here kind of Toy Story wrap-up party where the last one really did wrap up their story. And this one was like, oh, by the way, but also P.S. Woody. And so I didn't really care for that. The The film itself actually does some really interesting things with, like, the camera and lenses and the way that they shot the toys. Because, like, when you're watching an animated film, you could do whatever you want because they're animated. Um and so, but they purposely used, like, to get, like, really technical into cinema, they use some particular lenses that you don't see in animation. Um, and so they really went for, like, lenses for story point progression and things like that in cinematography as opposed to, like, this just looks pretty or the camera moved like this or something like that. So I, I could, like, see why that would edge out these other films but uh, as uh, as the winner, but... Besides that, I wasn't really enamored with this win, Lisa. Um, I chose Toy Story 4 even though I didn't watch it because I figured it would win. Lisa! (laughs) I'm sorry. I tapped out after number two. I really just, I feel like there's nothing more for me to explore and I've heard all the really good reviews. I just, I don't think I'm as connected to those characters, to that gang, as everybody else is. So I just didn't see it. Um, Which is fine. My true number one would have been Klaus because I thought that one was really interesting and different. And I'm always there for an animation that's a little, you know, different from everything mm-hmm. else. And 
I feel like there's not enough diversity when it comes to different animation styles. So, and it was a great story. So that 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 would be my true number two. But I put number one for Toy Story because I just it's like I because like Disney win, got so. to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got to me. I thought you were better <laughs> than that, Lisa. Sorry, Palmer's gonna lose sleep over this. I really am. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of losing <laughs> sleep, let's continue, Scott. <laughs> Um, I I didn't vote for any of them Great, uh, simply on. because I well, no, Scott. Scott, Scott was kids. on strike you seen all these. after Lion King. He was like, "I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I quit." No, the thing is, is that I only saw two of the five nominees. Um, I Tim, I have very similar thoughts to you in Toy Story Four. I thought Toy Story Three was a brilliant, marvelous, emotional ending, and I felt like it should have stopped right there. Um, and How to Train Your Dragon: The Hidden World. Um, I liked number two better you know, when, it, when it came to the. I, I did when it came to the dragon movies. Klaus was the. I, I never even heard of. I lost my body. Missing Link. The trailers didn't intrigue me at all. Klaus was the one that I tried to watch over Christmas break because it was on Netflix. And it was Christmas, but it. And it was – well, it was Christmas, right, and it was Christmas, but it was one of those that I could never get the kids interested in watching it, and Christmas is just a crazy time anyway that when we're all home, it's, you know, the kids – you know, you watch what the kids want to watch. And so I, I'm i with Lisa, and that class looked really interesting, and I wanted to watch it. I just never got to it. So I'm I'm – Tim, I feel like I'm the closest to you as far as your your expressed thoughts about this category. So, I lost my body. Very weird. No, it's right there. I thought the animation was good. And I had asked Lisa this, and she never really gave me an answer. Like, when you think yeah, of this... Yeah, I was real vague. <laughs> you really were. Like, when you think of this category, what would you actually give more weight to? The movie story components or the animation like if you could only choose one to be really good and the other be bad what what would you vote for in this move in this category i mean i think the animation should complement the story even though that's what the genre is it should fit it so i i feel like it has to be both of them i I can't bend on that because (laughs) i liked i i liked two of the movies for story, acting, mm-hmm. and and other stuff, I liked four of the animations. the The worst one was was Toy Story four for me. I have a long feud with Pixar. It is very well documented. They oh. don't know about it, huh? They don't know about it. <laughs> they do. Trust me, it's they private. do. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, they know. Um, I lost my body. the The story was weird, so I didn't vote it as high. But I did really kind of dig the animation because it looked like a very it looked like a painting most of the time. Mm. Um, How to Train Your Dragon? Never saw any of them. Saw this one, liked it. I thought the colors were amazing. Oh yeah, you should see those two if you like this one. Yeah, yeah, they're good. They are really good. They're really good. My kid, my kids love. Oh yeah, kids love this. Missing Link. I agree. Like watching the previews wasn't really wasn't really that into it it's yeah. actually a decently enjoyable movie and i like claim uh, yeah i like the stop motion animation that yeah. was really good uh ultimately i really like klaus klaus is traditional hand-drawn animation with some different kind of um filming 
techniques. Mm-hmm. So that was the one that I ultimately went with. I thought the story was cute, and I love hand-drawn animation. That's how I decided, and that's ultimately what took home the Rewindy. Klaus did? Klaus took oh, it home, good. which fine. is really good. That's great. Go good. Um, good. Uh, Palmer, can I can I throw in my two cents? Because sure. you only asked Lisa, but I'd like to share my <laughs> opinion about that. Yeah, I would as well. Um, yeah. uh, well, and I think it's a really good question for you to ask. But I will say, if I ha- if I if I can't be diplomatic like Lisa and like give a non answer, I, I see what you she, did. There. She's good at that. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I just it's got to be both, and animation is a big deal to me. So I think. That's part of it for me. It's I, like no, it's no, no. I agree. Like it, ultimately, I, I, want I agree. <laughs> uh, but I think ultimately, for me, it is like if 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 you gun to my head, I have to pick one over the other. I'm gonna say story, yeah. characters, acting. Okay. Because animation, er, animation can be subjective. I, I I feel like animation can be more subjective than good plot and good because it's art. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, like, like Missing I, Link is that Kubo and Two Strings, right? Studio. Which I really like. So that uh, it looks two, really yeah. nice. Yeah, Studios, like, yeah. Like if I was going strictly on the animation, I probably give it to I Lost My Body with Missing Link being the runner-up. Mm. And that's nothing to say for Klaus. I thought Klaus was great, but I think Klaus was a ble- was both the best story. And the best animation, at least yeah. as far as like meeting in the middle mm. to make the movie. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm w- I'm with Scott and Lisa in that I think that animation and story, like if you're dividing the two, they really shouldn't be divided because anim- when you say when we say animation, we don't really just mean like the style of animation, but it really amounts to what you think of the production design the cinematography the the editing like the color grading those are all the things that are like encapsulated within animation in a particular style within the film and then there is the narrative and the acting and everything right and to be honest the reason i ask that is because this isn't like this is the best animated feature so we've seen in years past although i only count it once that a animated movie transcended and got into Best Picture. No, we've seen it three times. I said we've seen it three times. Uh, I only count once. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I felt oh, the other two Toy were Story very. Were I two. I felt the other two were very uh, political, as far as like the behind the scenes politicking of getting it into the Best Picture oh, category. Sure. Mm, yeah. What were the other two? Uh, Toy Story three and up and up. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, one of them was solely because it was like the first year they went to ten films, up, and it was like, well, up because we need a tenth film, and then Toy Story three up is was so just good though. Oh, I'm glad you think that. Anyway, <laughs> let's continue. <laughs> yeah, could that be more condescending, Lisa? I'm just can you can you, can you reach across the microphone and slap them from Texas? <laughs> I'll accept it. Okay, we're moving on. Um, I'm going to go... Nah, I'm not going to go out of order. Oh, well. Best International Feature Film, Painting Glory, Les Miserables, Honeyland, Corpus Christi, and Parasite. Parasite won Best Feature Film, along with a few others. So I'm actually going to say... I'm actually going to say here, 
Um, I don't want to talk about Parasite until we get to the best picture because one best picture, it's, you know, people right. listen to this. Obviously, they listen, they saw the Oscars or at least know who won. So <laughs> it did. Um, so I think we should hold off our conversation about Parasite until we go through all of the other categories, um, just because we're going to get stuck in a loop of talking about Parasite a couple of times. Um, <laughs> but um, three of us out of four saw it. Parasite won, I would assume. The Rewindy? I mean, yeah, but I also... Did you see any of the I other... I didn't see the any ones, no. I didn't. Uh, I mean, I, didn't I saw either. I saw some of Honeyland and some of Pain and Glory. Um, so we'll say that it won uh, Best Foreign Film it's based on the fact that it's the only one we saw. It's best International Feature yep. Film. I'm sorry. Now. It's funny because the ballot that we all voted on still hasn't listed as foreign language. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's International... Which I like that change, I actually. do. Yeah. 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 Foreign language has a negative connotation because people in America don't typically like to read their movies. Yes, you said that about going to see Parasite, as I recall. Right. When we After wrote, I had already seen Parasite. Even though you great. lied to us and said that you hadn't seen it. Look, it's not my fault you don't remember me texting you while I was watching the movie. So, but then why would you lie about it? Because I proved that you never listened to me. No. No. Fun Continue. fact, Palmer was supposed to record from home tonight and showed up at my house. That never happened. Yeah, I don't know you what you're talking about. I don't, we don't record this anyway. via internet. <laughs> Best Adapted Screenplay, Jojo Rabbit, The Irishman, Joker, Little Women, and The Two Popes. Jojo Rabbit won Best Adapted Screenplay. I honestly thought it was going to be Little Women um, based on, one, how spectacular it is, but also the kind of the political climate surrounding the Oscars in America right now. I was a little shocked that it was Jojo Rabbit, but I I enjoy that it was Jojo because I quite liked that film. Um, but I really thought it was going to go, I really thought it was going to be Little Women. Lisa. Yeah, let me, I'm looking for my little ballot, unless one of you guys can say it for you me quickly. Little women. Can. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Oh, yeah, I see it here. Um, I did pick Little Women. I think I just assumed that because, you know, we all know that's a book and I've read the book. Uh, whereas <laughs> We all know that that jo- is actually adapted. Yeah, Jojo Rabbit yeah, maybe wasn't but- adapted from anything. Maybe they were lying. <laughs> <laughs> but in Jojo Rabbit, I should have known that. Well, I, I did have it as my number two because I, I saw in like the behind the scenes when we talked about it in our episode uh, on my show that uh, it was a book based on a book that his mother recommended to him right, that Taika Waititi's mother recommended. Yeah. Um, and Which was so, in his acceptance speech, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he loves his mom. You know, his mom was the inspiration for uh, his character in uh, What We Do in the Shadows as well. So he, oh, yeah. he loves his mom's his mom. a vampire? Yep. Yeah. Fun Twist. fact. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I, I thought... You know, I was I was fine with it. I, I understand what you're saying about the uh, political climate, but I do want to stress that, you know, no one's saying any of these movies are bad that are being nominated. They're all great. Oh, movies. I will. You know, I just think I think in general people feel that there should be more seats at the table, so to speak. But as far as judging uh, a bit, just based off the movies that were given, I was fine with Jojo Rabbit winning. I think that's really cool. Um, it was a great movie, and it's it's nice to see Taika Waititi take home that Oscar. So I was yeah. cool with it. I agree with all of that, uh, Scott. Um, I you know, I like. I mean, I, I might have the unpopular opinion here, but I loved Joker, 
Uh, I really enjoyed that movie. It was one of my favorite movies of the year. So that got my number one. But Little Women did get my number two, even though I have not read the book. I did know that the book happens in a linear uh, chronological order. And what Greta Gerwig did with cutting up events in the book so and finding parallels between the past and the, and the, and the quote, present, mm-hmm. and then matching those up throughout the film – with this being my first experience with Little Women, I thought was uh, incredible and made someone who had never read the book before make me want to go and read the book. And so two, I've never seen Jojo Rabbit, nor has the trailer ever inspired me. Like, I've seen the trailer. Good and job, Scott. It, I've been told <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been told by people who listen to my podcast saying, hey, Scott felt the same way about the trailer when I saw it go check out the movie but still n- nothing inspires me to go see it yeah I, and it, it and it might be one that i'll see someday but i'm not my pants aren't on fire to go see it right now so you know that's kind of where i fell on this category yeah, the trailer kind of sells jojo as a like a wes anderson absurdist comedy and that's not really what it is right um, totally it's, agree it's not really a comedy i mean maybe a third of it is but yeah yeah, you're right. Yeah, so it's also not for everybody. Scott, I felt the yeah. same way uh, with the trailer for Jojo Rabbit, and then I saw the movie, and I still feel that way. Uh, full disclosure, Palmer hates Taika Waititi. Um, I believe <laughs> – well, here's the thing, and Is I do. I I Thor Ragnarok? I like, absolutely you don't have to love despise that movie. Thor Ragnarok. Like, I, I agree with Palmer. Like, I, agree I with Palmer wish he never made that movie sometimes. When I eventually so from end up films. in hell after my life is over, I know I'm going there. It's fine. I know that his movies will be playing on a loop. That's crazy talk. I mean, so, it's fine not to like that movie, but, but his other films are so different from that. Like, I, I just almost wish for all comic book lovers' sake that didn't like that movie, I could just erase it from their memory banks because that's... I don't know. That's just so, one of his movies. And okay, it's so, so different gonna, from his other films. We're going to talk but about Jojo Rabbit. That's the, one that won, <laughs> that, that, what, that's the one that won Best Adapted Screenplay. Here's my issue yeah. with Jojo Rabbit. Oh, dear. Uh, and it's not – no, it's not, it's not horrible. <laughs> I believe that there's a way to make what this movie was supposed to be good. And I believe that that takes deafness, uh, deafness and a subtlety – and I believe that he, that Watiki has all of the subtlety of an asteroid plowing into a planet. I the I the whole beginning that. of I of the German version of I want to hold your hand by the Beatles, with him as Adolf Hitler dancing in the streets. Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks used to do used to do bits about the Nazis and Germans. That's right. He said and, the only two things he wouldn't make fun of are the Holocaust and dead children. Right. Everything else but he would make game. fun of Adolf Hitler. Mm-hmm. And he he's very proud of that. Like, he's very proud that he was able to make fun of Adolf Hitler being a Jewish person. Mm-hmm. It's one of his top things. He does it. Right. T.D. is also Jewish. And, r- right, and Mel I'm not Brooks saying, loved this movie. Okay. Just that's, and that's fine. <laughs> but... I'm going to be the dissenting I, voice. I will yeah, say that Mel Brooks, I think, does it right. And ca- kind of tying into the political climate, this movie goes so over the top 
that if anything, the Nazis in this are so absurdist that you don't even think they're real people and how much of an evil presence they were. But that's because it's from the perspective of a child. That's right. Yeah. So it's not really a true realistic version of Nazis. You're looking at what does war look like to a kid? And his journey, his arc is going from the way he views them to how they actually are at the end. And there's, I don't want to say because there's like a really big traumatic event that happens towards the end of the movie, but that's his turning point as a character. And that's when things like take a a much more serious turn. So I thought it was like really smart of YTD to open with comedy and lightness and you're seeing it from this kid's point of view. And then it slowly changes as reality sets in. Yeah, and on top of that, I would add that, because you talked about Mel Brooks and making fun of Hitler and everything like that, you you talked about um, subtlety and deafness and all these things. I would argue that springtime for Hitler is none of those things. Um, (laughs) That's a good point. I I mean, Mel Brooks is is not subtle. I think think it's more grounded than the Nazis being like, the Jewish people have gills and fins. But they... Said but stuff like the, that. But those are actually some of the lies that they used to sp- spread, to, like to kids. And so, so it's like it's actually like researched. On... Nowadays, I mean, it's kind of like about propaganda and how it fuels hate, right? And you and know, how people will believe anything, even if it's absurd, because they want to hate something anyway. I, I think in the current in the current climate, there's a way to do this movie, and I just don't think he did it correctly. And that's fine. I mean, it is subjective, like. Uh, you can if you don't like it I totally get it yeah. and hey anytime you make a movie that has anything to do with Nazis come on it's going to be controversial right I'm here for that I I wonder how we'll look at this movie five years from now like will I be eating my words and deleting my episode I don't know <laughs> so it'll, yeah you know I mean it'll be I, I get it'll that. be interesting um, it'll come back to haunt you so <laughs> I know, we I'll talked about this with no. the in our top 10 thing with Little Women I liked Little Women I don't think the story was I like I don't get the whole being enamored with the story, but I think it was Gosh. adapted well. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, no. I'm not saying it's a bad story. I like I like the movie. I like the story. I don't get why it's you don't a classic the story. I don't get why it's a classic, but I understand there. There's oh, a man. lot of people who do, and great. I wish I connected with the movie a little bit more because of that. But yeah, ultimately, fair. I did vote for it for best adapted screenplay because out of the ones here, I thought the story was the best adapted. And it got the rewindy. Little Women got the rewindy. Yep. Sweet deal. Moving on, best original Sweet. screenplay. Um, Knives Out, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Parasite won for best original screenplay. Uh, this one was tough for me because narratives are quite near and dear to my heart, and I thought all of these really, really, some of the strongest original screenplays in some time. And uh, but I think Parasite rightly deserves its rightly deserves its award, um, though I might have given it to they give it a marriage story. Uh, you make bad choices sometimes, so maybe. Yeah. <laughs> nope. No, I gave it to Parasite. Yep. Yep. Because it deserved it. Yay! I was right. Um, and so, uh, Lisa, what do you think? I also chose Parasite. I've seen all of uh, this director's films and. They vary in terms of tone and subject matter, but this one, 
I mean, I did not see any of it coming. <laughs> it's impossible to predict this movie, and that's hard to do. It's hard to go into a movie not knowing what it's about and to be that satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is my number one. And then my number two is Marriage Story. Because I went in wanting to hate Marriage Story. I avoided watching it. I'm like, I'm in a happy marriage. I don't want to see a crappy marriage. My parents got divorced. I don't want to see this. I saw it, and it was the most optimistic view I thought of a divorce I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And I thought that um, I was worried about the way that it was going to go, and then it didn't go that way at all. It was very – I felt good at – there's points of in the movie where you're not on either character's side necessarily, like your viewpoint shifts. And I think that that's really clever in the way that it's written. And it's also very fair to both of them. And at the end, it for me, it ended on a you know, somewhat of a heartbreaking ending, but also a very optimistic one. And I don't know, I just thought it was very mature in, in terms of dealing with that subject matter in a way that a lot of films about divorce Um, are not. And I think there's a temptation for a lot of writers when they're writing about their own experience to really color it uh, in terms of like, you know, making himself the good guy and herself the bad guy. That's not the movie that we got. And so, yeah, I just, I thought it was very well, you know, the performances were great, but I thought the script was really tight. I really liked it. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent with you on that. Excellent. um, Excellent breakdown of marriage story. Thank you, Uh, Scott. Um, Disclosure: I saw three of the five of these movies. Get out uh, at the time at the time that I voted, and then because I I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was my number one, and also saw Knives Out in 1917. I as has been well documented. I've not seen Parasite yet, uh, but last <laughs> night while the uh, while after my wife and I got sick and tired of the antenna cutting out during the Oscars, we did turn on Marriage Story, made it about 47 minutes in, and then stopped. Good job because. We just, I mean, I will finish it. My wife will not. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of interesting how Lisa was saying, you, you kind of go back and forth. And we, and my wife and I were like, no, we hate both these people and we don't care. And <laughs> no, I think but, that I think it redeems them in the end, but it, it does depend on how you view that entire situation. Like, you know, I get that. Right. And, and my wife and I, and my wife and I had some very strong opinions about how we view that and, and the, where the, where what we saw of the movie was going. But once again, I will finish it. My wife has no, my wife was like, nope, I'm out. Nope, I don't <laughs> need to finish this. I'm good. And so I gave it to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just because the dialogue was, I mean, it's Tarantino. And, you know, I enjoyed Tarantino. And that was who my number one was. Like I said, just because of the five, I, I hadn't seen Parasite. So, you know, I could only vote by what I'd seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I I was never not on Scarlett Johansson's side in Marriage Story I could see that I mean like straight from beginning to end I just thought Adam Driver was the worst um, possibly the worst husband I've ever seen he's Um, a little controlling but he was a director so (laughs) maybe that's where some of that comes from there goes all of our listeners who are directors no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> whatever they'll be so, fine I... <laughs> um, that being said uh knives out which i totally intended to absolutely hate because i i really don't like rain wilson 
It was fine. It was good. Wilson? You mean Rain jo- Ryan, Ryan Johnson? Yeah, I was like, you don't name. like Rain Wilson? I also Why? don't like Rain Wilson, so what? it's fine. Um, so I feel like the movie the has reason. good moments, <laughs> but overall is not good. Overall, it's not great. Talk about and Knives I don't Out? Think it's, so. huh? You talk about Knives Out? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's fine. It's okay. I didn't hate it, which I guess is a really good compliment. It is for you? That's, yeah. Yeah. If you didn't hate it, it's fine. It's like you might as well give that thing like a gold star. Yeah, 1917, <laughs> I think. 1917, I honestly don't know why it gets nominated. And I'm not saying the story's bad. It's very, it's very okay. I think the entire thing of 1917 is its technical achievements. Give it all of the technical awards. I don't really think there's a lot of story there that hasn't been done before. Yeah, I mean, technically, all stories basically ask the same question. You know, right? You know, no, I, I say know. This a lot, I know. So, but I, I generally, in in a lot of ways, agree that there because there is not tons of story, but I think it's. Emo- I've saw I saw it twice actually, and it's emotionally resonant. Um, yeah, and I think that's it. Kind of like it's not just like. I mean, and the fact people, that it's so personal. Yeah, for you become Sam Mendes, too. You become invested in the journey, and it's personal for Sam Mendes. Yeah, I never, yeah. I never got to that point mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, but, but I want to throw in some yeah, thoughts here too. In that, I, I think a lot of times with original screenplay, I'm going to be honest that a lot of times when it comes to judging this category, it, maybe not story as much because if you go by the old adage that every story's been t- no, every story's been done. A lot of it then comes down to me as, yeah, you got plot structure, but I also put a lot of weight in dialogue. Yeah, like, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, okay. And, and and I think that's why of the three of the five that I saw, that's why I, I landed on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know, It's Tarantino. Also, <laughs> it's all dialogue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I know. Once again, but once again, it... it it's playing to my proclivities. Right, right. So no, yeah, I'm agreeing with you. That's and, well, I know, and that's why I brought that up was because I feel like there's story and then there's dialogue, and I feel like you know when you read a screenplay, I mean, most of what a script is going to be is the dialogue, and so that's why I kind of I lean heavy on that when it comes to a screenplay award. You know, to to go off of that, uh, so a friend of mine, we were talking about the this original screenplay. Uh, award earlier today and he had said it was interesting that Parasite won because he's like I assume those members of the academy that voted do not speak Korean and so they're actually basing so they're like so they're basing the screenplay their choices our awards even we did the same thing on the translation of the original screenplay and so which in in some ways could differ from its original content and so um, we're kind of like giving the award to its we're giving the award to its translation to its second version of itself that we as American audiences uh, so you're saying it should have been nominated for adapted screenplay so no well I mean it's, it's, <laughs> it's so much that like we're we're not getting it in its quote like original form right we're getting it in its I second would agree form. with you if it wasn't a movie if it was like a translated book. But because there is that visual aspect to it, 
which I, is I don't not, know. I kind of disagree. Real, which is not really part of the which is not really part of the screenplay in a way that would be like it saying depends like on the, the screenplay. Like, like it's like saying like the yeah, narrative I think rests the visuals are a pretty big part of it. Which is you know yeah. like it's part of it, but it's I mean it depends on the screenplay. Where okay. this was the director yeah. writing it, he could have he could have had all of those things built into the screenplay. And he did like you from have, what I've seen behind right, the like scenes. Right, like you have yeah. stuff like that built into the screenplay just like you would a stage play. Sure. Well, do you, I, mm-hmm. Yeah, but do you think that... But I, would argue, but I would also argue if the award is for the screenplay, then I would say, you know, because, I mean, that would mean screenwriters are the ones, you know, voting for the category. Right. I. I would also argue that if if the award is for the screenplay, then you should – the criteria, which I don't know what their criteria are, I would assume that the criteria is you're reading the actual text. No, not you're not yeah, – and then judging right, it yeah, by the, the text uh, the itself. The screenplays become available to those members of the Academy yeah. to vote with those categories. So, well, here's the thing is um, to get nominated, you get nominated by – the branch of the academy. So the writers nominate the screenplays. Once you get nominated, the voting is throughout the entire academy. Is throughout the entire academy. So the people voting for this to win are not just writers. They're the ones who got it nominated. But it feels weird if we go by your idea that it's adapted or that it's translated and therefore not the original doesn't that eliminate a lot of films in the future from ever being considered yeah i'm not saying that's the i'm not saying that is the uh correct way to go about thinking about this it's also not it is an interesting point to it's also not an arbitrary um translation of it like you would think that this was vetted by the person like he, he might not be able to speak like, I don't know how well he speaks English. Like, we heard a little bit of it mm-hmm. when he accepted his award. Yeah, he doesn't speak a whole lot of English but, from what I've seen. Yeah. But he might have enough understanding that he could sign off on the English translation. Um, and then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, look, you want to hear my views on Tarantino? Go listen to our uh-huh. 1990s Pulp Fiction one. 1995. Yeah, it was this season. Mm-hmm. It was this season's Pulp Fiction. Um Spoiler, Palmer doesn't like Tarantino. Oh, no. Oh, I really want, I, I'll I, skip that one. No, I really <laughs> want you to listen to it. Because I've been waiting for someone to give me grief on it, and they haven't yet, which was... Well, really because weird. we don't check our email, Palmer. No one checks our email. <laughs> that being said, I went to I went with Parasite. Parasite got the rewinding. Woohoo. All right. Woo-hoo. Moving into moving into our last six categories. Woo! Best supporting actress, Margot Robbie for Bombshell, Florence Pugh for Little Women, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, and Laura Dern for Marriage Story, to which she won, to which I was quite happy, though I also would have been very satisfied with Scarlett Johansson and Jojo <laughs> Rabbit. Um but Laura Dern was particularly excellent. She sold a part that she sold the part of something that you really should despise, um, but she was able to find some type of elegance and depth and warmth inside oh, no, of her. what should be a despicable person. <laughs> what? Um, she was. And so I no. wasn't listening to anything. Palmer just whispered into the microphone. Uh, so I'm going to move on to Lisa. Um, I'm so glad Laura Dern won. She was freaking on fire in this movie. Her... Like monologue alone that she has in it should have won an award mm-hmm. by itself. I mean, um, I think that's why she won. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. easily the she best was, part in the movie. 
awesome in this film and like more beautiful than she's ever been. I don't know. I was just in love with her in this movie, but um, yeah, I thought she brought a lot of humanity to that role. I mean, you have to think of her. I didn't think of her as a villain because she's playing the game that she's in against the other attorney and it's not like they invented those rules. So I felt like they were playing within the confines of what they are in the movie. Um, But I really appreciated her performance in this. It's great to see her do something different too, because I feel like, we get a lot of movies like in Little Women, she's great, but it's still kind of a one note, like she's always like the sweet character, you know? So it's kind of mm-hmm. cool to see her be she's, totally different. She's um, always but... just that paleontologist. She's a <laughs> always. botanist, actually. Um, no. Yeah, Jurassic oh, Park, she's a well, botanist. Paleobotanist. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, but, um, it, but she's great. And uh, I second with Scarlett Johansson. She was very good in Jojo Rabbit. I agree. And then if I had to pick a third, it would be Florence Pugue. Yep. Because I just, she was adorable. Yep, I agree. Woman. Those the, are my exact breakdown, I think. The uh, G is silent. You can't. It's pew, 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 pew. pew. Scott, yep. to you, pew, pew. <laughs> Considering that I only saw one of these movies, uh, my vote went to Florence Pugue because, because uh, you're let's smart. be honest, my, my, wife, my wife's reaction when, the, when Little Woman was done was, I didn't hate Amy. Yep. Oh, yeah. We, you and I had talked about that because Amy can be extremely unlikable uh, in many of her actions. And Pew, uh, kind of like Dern, really brought uh, humanity and uh, and a relatableness uh, to Amy. So I was happy for that. Yeah, and as far as Laura Dern's concerned, I've only seen her one scene, like her introduction scene. That's mainly Scarlett Johansson talking. By the time we stopped the movie, so I have. I have no opinions. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. To the man who has many opinions, Palmer. Give Florence Pugh <laughs> all the awards. I but demand it. But for Midsommar. It. Well, yeah. But for Midsommar <laughs> or almost any movie she's in, really. Fighting she's with great. Family. She's excellent. Oh, Fighting With yeah. My... She, she won last year. Yeah, she had 2019 down. was yep. Florence Pugh's year. Uh, that being said, I think the sh- the only... Only things I liked about Marriage Story were Laura Dern for that monologue. For that monologue alone and the way she delivered it is enough to give her the Academy Award. And Alan Alda, who I, who I honestly think got snubbed. I thought he did a really good job. I also really like Alan Alda. He typically Same. kind of... Alan Alda's in the movie? Yeah, yeah. He, plays the, do- he plays the he, other... Oh, yeah, he plays the lawyer. D- yeah, he plays the other lawyer. I thought that, that okay. I just saw Ray Lolita. He so. gets swapped out later on for Ray for Ray Liotta. It's upgrade. But it's I'm telling really. you, no, you probably have to watch the second half of the movie because things yeah they I change. Mean, like they when they're in the together. heat of the moment. I'm sorry, you told me Alan. Okay, you just want me. You told me Alan Alda's yeah. in the movie, and 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 Lisa and I already had this conversation earlier tonight about Mash. Yeah. So yeah, I'm actually I'm, just I'm going there. through Mash right now. I've seen it before, but. I'm watching it again. Uh, yeah, Alan Alda shows up. They get back together. It turns out they're part of some alien experiment. You really got to watch the second half of that movie, Scott. <laughs> okay, thank you, thank you, Paul. Too many spoilers. The aliens yeah. from Mars Attack show up. Uh, <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> Florence Pugh shows up as an alien from Mars Attack. It's me. I'm Florence Pugh. <laughs> yep. Um, I also thought Margot Robbie, um, she's going to win an award eventually. And I, she's like 27. I, she's I, plenty of time. But yeah. she keeps getting nominated and not winning. She's fastly becoming the female Martin Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> well, but this wasn't her best, I I'm, felt I'm like. not saying it was. It. I'm not saying it yeah. was. And I'm not saying she should have won. Like, I would have been I fine you, if she yeah, did. But... 
Um, just like you know she's eventually going to win it, and it's probably not going to be for her best performance. Yeah, so well, while can, she's still doing good stuff, let's give her an award for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but ultimately, I, I, I said the same thing. Laura Dern, like that one scene alone is, is good enough to give her the award, and that's what we did. We gave her the award for that one scene. Okay. Did we she give won her the award for that one we, scene? Did the we, royal we. And the, and the Rewindies? Yeah. Yeah, that's a yes. Yeah. Laura Dern won. Yeah. Excellent. Mainly for Jurassic Park, though. Even at the Rewindies, we do make-up awards, and we're, oh, we're making it up for, <laughs> it's for Jurassic Park. Dern. Anyway, Best Supporting Actor, Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes, Al Pacino for The Irishman, and Joe Pesci for The Irishman. Brad Pitt won for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, incredibly deserved among some stellar performances from all five of these guys. Um, but Brad Pitt was like entrancing in a way that he has never been. And uh, I was completely taken with his performance. And I think it actually elevated the movie beyond uh, beyond itself. Um, though I loved Anthony Hopkins. Um, Tom Hanks was good. I had a hard time a little bit seeing past Tom Hanks a little bit in A Beautiful Day, as I usually do in like every movie that Tom Hanks is in. I have a hard time right. seeing past. <laughs> it's like Tom Cruise or something. Yeah. yeah, I have a hard. He's just like his celebrity has exceeded like me seeing past into the roles. I usually don't know it's Tom Cruise until he does that pumpy arm run. Oh yeah, sure, that makes sense. Oh, it's Tom. <laughs> oh, I'm wish I'm, it's a Mission Impossible movie. Oh. <laughs> um, and I thought Al Pacino was excellent. He had toned down his, but like. Yeah, he didn't say hoo-ha once. Yeah, yeah. He didn't scream, yeah. No, and uh, so I thought he had toned himself down. And actually, I thought Joe Pesci was just, like, remarkably good. He was so good that I, I, I really wanted, like, it almost gave it to Pesci for being Pesci. But I, I think Brad Pitt, like, just, like, knocked it out of the park. Lisa. I gave it to Joe Pesci because I was like, he's finally front and center. And uh, I felt like he... He got more to do in this than he's gotten to do in any of the other movies Martin Scorsese put him in. Mm. And I thought he did a great job and he was just my favorite performance. I'm going to be difficult and say I don't really understand why everyone's so in love with Brad Pitt's performance. I don't get it. I think he's been better in other movies. I don't I don't know. I don't understand why he won. I was like shocked uh, when uh, he I'm going to support <laughs> I'm going to support you, Lisa, on this one, I just one, don't actually. see it. I like, have, I, and and yeah. I think he's a great actor. I mean, I really do. I love him in a lot of movies. But in this one, I felt like he just... I just don't understand. Like, I just don't get it. I have a 10-minute PowerPoint slideshow when it gets to me on why Brad Pitt. Okay. Let, let's go, turn it to you, then. Or to Scott. Or, oh, to, to because Scott that's first. All I, yeah, that's Scott. All I and then to... Palmer's still setting up the projectors. So, yeah. to Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the carpet. Yeah, <laughs> I gave it to Tom Hanks honestly because I could see past the Tom Hanks. I I've I have a little Mister Rogers phase. I mean, after seeing um, "Won't You Be My Neighbor" last year and literally crying the entire documentary, <laughs> Tim uh, is still crying about it. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was really beautiful. Uh, so. And and Tom H- the Tom Hanks the times Tom Hanks was on screen was my favorite part of that movie, mm. I, so much so that I wish the movie had more of Tom Hanks in it. So that's where I ultimately went. I did give Brad Pitt number two, not really because of the performance, just because I enjoyed him in the movie. And then my number three was Joe Pesci over Pacino for The Irishman, because of Pesci's subtleness. I thought 
Pacino sometimes tiptoed a little too much of a I'm acting and doing the half and being Hoffa in the Irishman. Yeah. So not bad. Yeah. All um, right. You ready? Uh, fun fact. Slide one. Yep. Yeah. Fun fact. Um, not too long ago, maybe a week or two ago, I actually had a dream in which my next door neighbor was Mr. About me, Papa? No, was uh, Mr. Rogers. No, I thought you were And say he had passed Papa. away, but I was still friends with his widow, and they had a uh, time portal in their basement. It was a really weird dream. Yeah. So, that but being said, more, here I'll... is why <laughs> everyone is loving the Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because he wasn't acting. He was just Brad Pitt. You should never give an award for just being yourself. Did he? Does Brad Pitt murder his ex-girlfriends? Just kidding. Have you seen <laughs> Angelina Jolie recently? Yes. <laughs> just saying. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, I think to your point, though, I think sometimes m- most actors like play parts similar to themselves because that's where their truth lies. You well, know, I like, don't think I don't think Anthony Hopkins was a pope. That's you know what I mean, like a personality. <laughs> I refuse to know what like, you mean. I know that's why this relationship <laughs> is very difficult sometimes. Um, that's is like they play something that they can fit in comfortably because they recognize a part of themselves, or and that's how they like. You know, you not all actors can transcend themselves. And I just even speaking of like speaking of Tom Hanks, that's like a you know what I mean, like you know seeing past the Tom. But Hanks-ness. I believe he won his awards for transcending that. Like Philadelphia, he transcends being Tom Hanks. Maybe not so much Forrest Gump, but I'm at least willing to hear that argument. Yeah, I don't think Brad Pitt in any way does that. I said this on Twitter yesterday before the awards. But that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying, but I don't think that's I don't think that's a bad thing that he doesn't transcend because that means like he's really good. At that thing, I don't think that's a criteria for being better at acting than I think it else. is. Mm, I don't think so. I think it's. I think it's like I shouldn't be a war for playing uh, for playing a contradictory person. No, I think it's. Uh, I think it's if your performance serves the film that it's into the best that it can, whether that is well, yourself or not. There's added nuance to the film that you know both Brad Pitt and Leo are aging, just like their characters are. So I feel like what you're saying kind of makes sense. That he's playing himself. Because, well, it's, yeah. but I, I will also say Brad Pitt is one of those actors like Leo that as they've gotten older, I have appreciated them more. Yes. Like hmm. both of them, both of them are actors who, when they started off, you know, in the nineties, when I was in high school on family, was, t- no growing pains. Well, I, well, I did. And I did watch growing pains actually, but I'm talking <laughs> about their, f- I, I am old enough for that. We uh, all are. But I'm talking more about their, the, the film career is when they started off as just pretty faces. And I feel like as they've gotten older, it's like. They're still pretty they, faces. Yeah. Uh, but, not, not, but they went from on. They, they've gone from ingenue to character roles. That's right. And I feel like that as they've gotten those character parts. They've been and they've gotten to work with certain directors, you know. And they've they've been able to grow into being better actors than how I felt about them in the nineties. See, I I would agree yeah. with you on Leo 
I think Brad Pitt is just settled into playing Brad Pitt. Pretty much. Peak Brad Pitt was like 12 Monkeys, Fight Club. That right. was when I thought he was yeah. doing something like, different. Give him an award for 12 Monkeys, sure. Yeah. Give him an award for any of the Oceans or this movie. I don't see it. I said on Twitter yes- yesterday, and I'm going to stick by it, Hollywood, we all we all know the Oscars love doing makeup Oscars. And I'm not saying there was a makeup Oscar in this. But they also have been wanting to give him an award for acting because Hollywood loves Brad Pitt. And this was the first decent opportunity to do it in a while. Um, yeah, I think, I, that, I think that part of that is true. Because, like, Ad Astra was just bad. I, I, think a, I, think, <laughs> I think a part of that is also true. But um, I, <laughs> I agree. I I liked Ad Astra, and I'm going to say it right now. Oh, Thank sorry. you. I well, think, I, I think you, that I think we've that cut Scott's a, mic off for the rest of the episode. I think that there's no, you haven't. I lost my thought because you won't. Man, talking. that made me laugh. Um, but... um, I think that there is like a like make maybe there is some like makeup Oscar work here. I don't really. I don't think, think there so is in this instance because it's just we love you, Brad Pitt. Here's an Oscar. Regular, regular non-academy people were talking about. When this movie came out, they were like, best supporting actor. Like, people pinned mm. it. Because they love Brad Pitt. I mean, but they didn't say that when Ad Astra came out. Because Ad Astra was bad. But Listen to me. But that's, <laughs> Stop but it! That's what I mean. Like, you can't say, like, because this movie was good, and he was good in it, therefore he doesn't no, no, no. deserve his award. This movie was okay, and he was Brad Pitt in it. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I think you should release I mean, just this argument. <laughs> I thought I thought That's Joe funny. Pesci gave the best performance because he was different. He was different than any other time I've seen Joe Pesci. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree and with I love Joe Pesci. Yeah. I love peak Joe Pesci. I love um, yeah. my cousin Vinny Joe Pesci. My yeah. cousin, but Vinny, I thought you didn't say that. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I thought he was so good and understated. Like I thought, I thought this was some of the best acting Al Pacino's done in a long time. And I'm like, no, I Joe Pesci. Like, sorry. Yeah, and, I, and I'm surprised by that too. Yeah, I mean, not surprised by what you're saying, but I was surprised by my reaction. But I completely agree with you. Yeah, and and I don't want to turn into the, this to turn into the I hate Brad Pitt hour. Like, I do really like Brad Pitt, so I didn't mean don't mean, I mean to imply you, that at if all. If you want to do that hour, <laughs> we can do it some other time, Lisa. Uh, like, I'm down <laughs> for this. Let's no, move no. on to what we'll have you wine. have you done Cool World yet on your no, podcast? Could you just do what. <laughs> Hey, cool world! God, don't even cool world was great. Stop it! I'm getting. I'm no, getting, it was not. Nightmares right now. Hours. I would love to talk about it though. Oh, we're so gonna in do a sick that. way. Yeah. All right, okay, go ahead. Joe Pesci won. Joe Pesci won. Yeah, fine, mm-hmm. great. All right, <laughs> wonderful. Uh, best actress: uh, Cynthia uh, Cynthia Arriva for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. Award went to Renee, Renee Zellweger for Judy, which I thought is she was just transcendent. She was amazing, and I cried multiple times during that movie. And whereas the whole movie itself is good, it's not spectacular. It's why like she is the award winner here. Um, I just think that she is just like stupidly, stupidly good, and I am immensely, immensely satisfied that she she won. Um, Lisa. I feel like I need to watch it again because I did not like Judy. I feel really I mean, weird for saying that. I Judy thought I was, was going like, to love it. Really, Lisa was a really downer. No, I'm trying to help her out. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was just such her. a downer. Like I think, 
I totally understand that Judy Garland's life was not all sunshine and roses. I just felt like the movie should have given us some breaks every now and then for just how awful it is. Like, so was the, have you guys seen the Broadway play it was based on? I have not. No. no okay. I, I just wondered, like, was it that the same? The over the rainbow? Anyway, she did a really good job. I completely agree with you on Renee Zellweger with what she was given. I just almost wish that what she was given was different because it, it was just so hard to watch. There were times I wanted to turn the movie off and I don't usually feel that way. Um, but she gave a great performance and I am in the vast minority in what I'm saying. So I think it was well-deserved. I would have given it to Cersei Ronan. I really liked her performance in Little Women. I felt like she impressed me. You know, I've seen her in Lady Bird and she was great in that. That was like a natural fit for her. But this, I felt like she was stretching her wings or legs, you know, whatever, whatever metaphor you want. Um, I thought she did better in this one and it was really good. Um, yeah, that's all I've got to say. Okay. Scott. Uh, my vote, went to Sasha Rowan only because that was the only movie that I saw all the way through. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I said all the way through because uh, I started Judy. Gosh, and it's stopped. a beating. <laughs> Be- because I, you know, it was one of those, oh, I'm not going to be able to finish this before nine o'clock and I don't want to pay an extra night on Redbox. So I got to, I got to drive up the road and return to the CVS up the, up the street. But the perform if I'm if I was judging Renee Zellweger's performance based on okay is she embodying Judy Garland you know I can get that I I can go there even though I didn't bother to finish the movie itself that being said the other three movies I didn't see so I couldn't until I saw you know 47 minutes of Scarlett Johansson last night and <laughs> so my award went to Sasha Rowan but I can understand Zellweger based on the 30 minutes of Judy that I watched before I had to return the DVD. Okay. And Palmer? Zellweger was good. I mean, she was. I don't I don't think I got full Judy Garland off of her performance. Um, I ultimately went with Saoirse Ronan. And Saoirse Ronan won the Rewindy. Yeah. And I, th- I mean, I thought she was... Because she rich. is the, Ac- the Academy Rewind darling. She is. She is, and I mean, she <laughs> she is excellent in in Little Everything. Women, but I don't, I don't know if it's a part that like say like pushed her the way that Renee Zellweger might have had to push herself for Judy. I think you've all talked about how I can see that. Like yeah. it's a hard movie to watch, but I think like when we say like so is Schindler's List, but you know like but you know it's affecting that way, and so I think um, like. If, yeah, but I think if her more... life was up there and you were like, I don't care, boo-hoo, poor you, then it, then it didn't do its job well. But because you were affected sure. by her story, then it right. did its job well. And she particularly did her job I never well. thought I would say this, uh, th- uh, this following sentence, but there was more reprieve from the sadness of Schindler's List than there was in Judy. I, I don't. I don't think that's true, but I'm not. But we we don't have time to argue that point. So best actor: <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. The award goes to Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Which and a forty minute rambling 
uh, acceptance speech. Um, I think he's won so many awards for Joker at this point that that he's like, I've thanked everybody. I want to say something different. I don't think he's ever thanked anybody. I don't know. I think he's just rambled on um, about cows. I don't think you have any evidence to support that claim. <laughs> I, I have the Oscars and the BAFTAs, actually. Okay. Well, he's won more before that. So, anyway... Um, Despite how anybody feels about about Joker, whether they liked it or didn't, his performance is extraordinary, and I think he absolutely deserves the award. I think the whole movie really hinges on his performance more right. than any other part of it. And um, well, that's what the movie is. It's is, a character. I would. Yeah, argue, it's a character. It's piece. a character piece. Yeah, and it's a character piece for him. Um, and I think all of these other guys were excellent in their films. I didn't see Pain and Glory, but I, Antonio Bedez is great, so I assume he was awesome. And they were they were all very good. Leo was great in, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Adam Driver was superb. Jonathan Price was amazing, amazing Pope Francis. But Joaquin Phoenix was, he transcended himself, you know, like we talk about, you know, like we talked about with Brad Pitt being yourself and I like versus not, and I think... Joaquin Phoenix's performance is like the antithesis to what Brad Pitt did in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where he just wasn't Joaquin Phoenix anymore. He was Arthur Fleck. And um, I think that's important in watching the film. So I'm very happy that he won. Lisa? Um, I also gave him number one, but I don't know if it was just based on this performance for me. I do think out of this list, he is the best. And I think he's one of the best actors we have today. But I kind of wish that I had not seen movies like The Master or You Were Never Really Here because I feel like the performance he gives in those movies is even more transcendent than this. It's better, but I recognize that those movies are not, they didn't come out this year. So, or did and they? I know that those mo- movies are not necessarily movies that a lot of people would even see. So I understand why this one would be elevated to the level that it is. I do think he should have won. And then number two, I had Adam Driver. Um, I'm, I'm positive he's going to win eventually, but mm-hmm. he was a really good marriage story. Yeah, he was. Yeah, excellent. S- Scott? Well, obviously, because I loved Joker, I was... I mean, if I love the film, then obviously I have to love this performance. And, you know, he, he was my he was my number one for everything that... You said, especially taking a movie that when it was announced, it is well documented and well mocked on my podcast, how I was one of those, what? And then I saw the movie and I was like, oh, my God, I love this. So and and, and it's because of Joaquin and his performance that he gives. You know, I can go from empathy to sympathy to complete dis- despising him. Like, I- I'm following this emotional journey based on his performance. And I it I was ecstatic when i woke up this morning because i did not stay up i went to bed and it was like yay he won so uh leo was my number two but once again that's also because of these movies those are the only two movies that i watched yeah i think leo was really good i think it actually i despite the like physical and mental torture he went through for the revenant i i think that this is a better performance and so i'd almost like would have preferred to have seen him take an award home for once upon a time than the revenant but you know what that's fine we could do this all day so yeah um i had actually asked originally if i could write in in this category because i honestly i didn't see pain and glory i like jonathan price in the two popes i think he gives better performances in other movies pirates of the caribbean three uh i was gonna say avita oh sure 
I was going to say Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, nice, everybody. Good. Didn't really care for Leonardo DiCaprio. My hatred for the Joker is well known. And it wasn't until he won the award. I thought he had won the Oscar before. Mm. And when I find out he didn't, I was like, this is why. Like, this is why he's getting this award. I don't think so, um, considering he's won all I, of the other I awards. I feel like his career has kind of gone off a cliff um, since he did that whole, uh, I'm going to become a singer now and I'm going to quit acting. Like, he's he's been a self-destructive mess, in my opinion, since then. Loved him in eight. You do know that that was for a mockumentary. No, I know, right? but like, like that's the- like that was the down, like that was the downturn of his career. Was that mockumentary and that whole thing? Um, I loved him in Eight Millimeter. I wish he would stay. That he would have stayed that way, but he ultimately wasn't. Um, so I mean, I gave it to Jonathan Price, the lesser of every evil in this category. Not not seeing pain and glory. Mm. I gave Antonio Banderas number two. Based solely on the fact that he was also in Evita, and he's Antonio Banderas. <laughs> um, so the Rewindy goes to Adam Driver in Marriage Story. What? And Joaquin Phoenix. There you go. There it was go. actually a tie. Oh, because it's, because your ranking was so low. Oh yeah, no, the Joker. <laughs> spoiler: the Joker got bottom ranking in all of mine. Yeah, well, that's fine. Um, I think with his acceptance speech to before we move on, I you know, um which I he talks about in it that people are at their best when they forgive people's transgressions and he and he speaks openly about that how like you talked about his career path, it was a different place, he was in a different place and they said Hollywood has welcomed him back and this is kinda like this award is almost that like show of force to be like, you know, Welcome back to the work that, you know, and what you're, what you're good at doing. And he says that's when people are at their best, and I would tend to agree. And so maybe we should continue to model that advice and forgive people for their transgressions, which they actually didn't really commit against us. See, all, you, for us, they you saying that kind of sounds like he's self-aware that he didn't deserve the award. No. Yeah, it's what it sounds like. Okay. Interesting yeah. take on things that I have said. Best achievement in directing. Best achievement in directing. Martin Scorsese for The Irishman. Todd Phillips for Joker. Sam Mendes for 1917. Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, who took home the award. Good on him. I really thought it was going to go to Sam Mendes because that was kind of a... Like, when it comes down to it, Parasite is a smaller film than 1917 and I just like kind of corralling what it takes to make 1917 I thought that I really thought they would go with they would go with Mendes but I'm very happy that that Bong Joon-ho won and I thought that he had the best acceptance speech of the whole night um with the, that particular one because he he gave several um but I think his <laughs> right d- he's he d- got four the Oscars one, the yeah. one <laughs> the one where Martin Scorsese got a bigger round of applause for not winning than Yes, that he got for winning. That is, uh, yeah. I don't think that's necessarily <laughs> gauged correctly, but yeah, no, but no, I think... they stood up for Martin Scorsese. Yeah, but I think, but, but he uh, was but... being respectful. No, he, I'm, he was. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of making a joke of it, but at the same time, it was kind of true. But yeah, no, I will, I will say that is that was a great 
um, yeah. acceptance. To be inspired by this guy and to have this mantra and then to have him sitting in front yeah. of you. where it, like that's It doesn't happen tons. Uh, you yeah. know, right. It's not like they're like, I love Frank Capra. You know, it's not like, well, he's not around anymore, you know. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Tim. So just as a reminder, everyone. I'm um, never getting that it's a wonderful life, too. No, but it's more wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> or is it? Uh, Lisa. I, I had Parasite as my number one, but I never thought it was going to win. I just, it was my favorite movie. That was always on my top number one slot. And everybody was like, that's so weird. Why did you pick that one? <laughs> You're kooky. <laughs> and then it won. Yeah. And it's like, I, cause it was good. It, it was definitely kooky, but it was good. Um, and then for number two, I actually had Little Women. And then number, let's see. What uh, did you, did Little Women was nominated in this category. Yeah. The Academy it thought in. it was deserving of a Best Picture nomination without oh, a Best Director. I know. Director. Shoot, that never I, makes I, sense I am to looking me. at the Best Picture section. Yeah. I was going to say you Dang, just wrote Dang, I'm in, so sorry. So, number I one, mean, I had Parasite. I'm with her. And then number two, I had 1917. Yeah, and then a, a, a ghost hovering uh, Little Women yeah. I would throw in there. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I was looking at the Best Picture noms. Um, but for Director, I had... Uh, Parasite the 1917 and then number three I think I had the Irishman yes you did all right uh Scott well being the problem that I, once again I didn't see Parasite but I saw you still it, haven't the movie seen on it? The... we've been doing this episode <laughs> for two hours you could have yeah. watched well it. if I had if I if you if I had could have been watching the movie instead of being on this podcast I would be done with it by now I would have been dead like 20 <laughs> you're minutes not, ago you're not forced to be here Scott. no you are it's fine <laughs> don't li- no, you, don't once, listen to Tim once I com- I, I'm a man of my word, <laughs> and when you asked me to be on it, and I said yes, I'm sorry, I committed and I threw to everything here. off because of my dogs. Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, no worries. Uh, <laughs> but um, I picked Sam Mendes for 1917 based off of the movies that I saw. So yeah, that's fair. That was it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes directing like you think about like best director and it going to like the. Te- the technical like know-how and like the corralling that it takes right and so but it also takes a lot of emotion to like to bring together a cast to make something really special and so well i but as a director once again film directing and stage directing are completely different things but i still feel like it, it, it's a it's a balance between the technical aspects and the performances that you feel like the director helped get those performances out of those actors. So, yeah. So I agree with that. Um, for my time to make this a little bit quicker, I'm going to just say who won the rewindies. And then I have a short argument that I want to make for little women. Okay. Um, so the rewindy actually uh, was split again uh, between 1917 and parasite. Sweet. Hmm. Little Two Women. Great movies. So there's been a lot of controversy over women not getting nominated in the director's slot. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just going to say this. I want to, I want to go back to a time when there were less Best Picture nominees. I honestly don't think you should be nominated for Best Picture if you don't have a Best Director nomination. I'm not saying you need to win both, but. I think given the fact that the Academy clearly really liked Little Women, but not apparently the directing of it, was was to me insane. 
And, I, I agree and with not, you, Palmer. I'm not, I yeah, completely I'm, agree I'm with all you. for increasing the number of slots. Yeah. And I said the same thing, and this has also been done before with Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge got nominated for Best Picture without Baz Luhrmann directing, mm-hmm. le- leading to, um, not Oprah Winfrey, um, Whoopi Goldberg, who was the host that year, when she was talking about the Best Picture nominees. She was like, and we have Moulin Rouge with all this singing, dancing, so such frenetic energy that was all done seemingly without a director. Yeah. I remember yeah, that, that year. Yeah. I remember you know, that. And I know was people argue that it's that. different, it's too different, but come on. I mean, it just feels wrong, right? right. Like, we just can tell that it's wrong. Right. <laughs> like, like, objectively. I'm not yeah. saying, like, you need to have three slots for women every year. But if you're going right. to obviously think so highly of this movie, I don't understand why you don't nominate Greta Gerwig because then either you only nominated it for Best Picture because you had so many slots to fill, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Yeah. there's just something weird. I think it should have been nominated. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if I would have voted for it for, for the winner. I thought it should have been nominated. Yeah, I, I, I generally agree with that, especially think especially the idea of like filling a slot, yeah. um, uh, which, I mean, you and I talk about this almost every episode, about like going to like, do five. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. more than... Like, I get why you want to have more um, because every t- because people complain that like, oh, I didn't see any of these movies. Right. I'm like, well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's not the Academy's fault that you didn't see the movie. Like go like expand your horizons. Yeah. There like, was, there was nine this year. I, I'm willing to hear the argument for six. Sure. Yeah. But then I think that you'd have to, I think that you'd have to increase every other category by six. Just directing. Even just directing, that's fine. Sure, just if you're going to have six best picture slots, have six directing slots. But also, let's well, just stop making the, the best that... picture one flexible. Get it back to just five slots. Yeah, but he's saying so. Like, well, well but the idea is that uh, I would argue that in film, the director and the picture are, are those are two of those like interlinked. Yes. You know, right. So, so if you're going, it's almost as if you're going to flex the number of best picture year to year, then you need the director slots to, to flex as well. And I, and I well. think they've increased because film has changed so much since the Oscars began. Right? There's just so many movies that come out every oh, year, a- enough to fill all these slots. So I don't think we should limit the slots. I think and- if anything. They should be increased. Yeah, you know? and again, I don't think you need to win one to justify the other. Like, right, right. No, if, no, I, I, yeah, no, definitely like, not. Ultimately, that, yeah. ultimately, I picked Sam Mendes for best director, mm-hmm. and that's only because of the style of movie 1917 was. Like, it mm-hmm. would take someone really good at their job to pull it off the way he did. Right, and that's why I voted for him. Right. Do I think? 1917 is the best picture? We're going to find out. But the best directing, I think, was him. Yeah, and I, I, I'm I, exactly in that camp where it maybe it's not maybe it's not the best picture, yeah. but it certainly is It is the best feat of directing. Yeah. You know? um, but it gets tricky because then you could say, like, oh, well, maybe you need more. Maybe you need more screenplays because, you know, obviously you need the story or maybe you need more cinematography because, that you know, like. like it can I'm get open like, to that. Yeah, you get like a 
it's like a slippery slope of like how many like what constitutes and makes a film and you know so right um, and right, and I you could make I... you could make that argument sometimes but I think a director is too integral to a movie yeah mm-hmm. yeah you, and I think yes. like even with like Parasite um, there's a certain if you watch a lot of this director's movies there's like a flavor and a, and I would say that there are performances he specifically pulls out of his actors and you can see that pretty consistently in his movies oh yeah he... so to me like. That's why I had him at number one, even though it's not the same technical achievement as 1917. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you yeah. can't really say, you know, 1917 is the only movie like that. But, um, so if I'm ranking based on the kind of job that they're doing, not the type of movie it is, right. I still put Parasite number one. But that's a personal preference. Yeah, I'm you not know? faulting you for yeah. for picking Parasite number one. If 1917's not in this year, like if it's not out this year, I think I vote for him. Yeah. Um, because you're right. He I, does I mean, get it's that. my number two. So yeah, he it's, does it's, get that performance out of the They're pretty evenly matched. Yeah. 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 All right. Last category. Did you do the rewind <laughs> best director already? Yeah, I did that at the start. 1917 and Parasite. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. I they co-won. Okay, Different. last category. Best picture. Parasite. Ford versus Ferrari. The Irishman. Jojo Rabbit. Joker. Little Women. Marriage Story. 1917. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The winner goes to... Parasite, uh, of course, of course, people watched it. You know, um, uh, first first international film in ninety two years in the Academy's history to win um, to win full Best Picture, um, won Best Picture, International Picture, Original Screenplay, and Director. Yep. Pretty outstanding. It's an amazing film, and I'm quite happy it won. I truly thought nineteen seventeen was going to win. That was the safe pick. I. Th- think that was the safe yeah pick. yes yeah agreed yeah it, this, but is, I, uh, this was um i think i think hollywood like critics alone really loved parasite mm-hmm. and i think hollywood obviously really loved parasite but so much so like you could see the excitement when he won best director and when it won best picture in the uh, in the presenter's face and tone mm-hmm. when they opened up the envelope and I thought I thought uh, Jane Fonda was great, where she gave that like five second pause, and when she paused that long, I was like, it, "It's got to be Parasite." If it was mm. nineteen seventeen, she just would have said it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's that's a good point. Like she had to absorb the enormity right. of right. like like yep. film history that yeah. was happening in front of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a it's a really good point, uh, Lisa. Uh, I picked Parasite, as I said, accidentally last time. (laughs) I really did not think that it would win. I just, it was the best movie I saw last year. And I know, like, there's a little bit of, you know, anger and angst on Twitter about how, you know, this is a political move and just they they felt like they had to give this award. But I do want to stress, like, that Twitter is dumb. And, yeah, and also, I, I do want to say that, <laughs> right, right. It's like, I, I, I know why you're saying that. And even Be- looking at like my Twitter, you could say I have an agenda. I completely understand that. And you can accuse me of that. And I will own that. But the reality is it was just the best movie last year. I never thought they would give the best movie best picture. That sounds terrible, but I just didn't think they would do it. It's and rare as, it happens. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is I, rare it and I didn't know that until I really started listening to, to y'all's show, actually, because I don't. As much as I I get caught up in the moment every year watching the Oscars, probably because I haven't cared that much about Best Picture, it just kind of like 
leaves my brain and then next year yeah. I reset and forget what happened. So yeah. um, when you it's guys lit- mentioned that and listed a lot of them, I'm like, yeah, you're right. They're not always the best movies. Yeah. And having been a fan of his since The Host, I walked into that movie not knowing what it was going to be other than a monster movie and was just I'm shocked by how oh y'all should see it, it oh it's, it's great it's so good like not only is it it's funny it's moving it's exciting it's like everything i mean it's just a great film and uh i've i've liked it ever since i didn't even realize snow piercer was him mm-hmm. but i like that movie too mother is very difficult to sit through okja is a great film but this one, I mean, it is the best of all the things that he does so well into one film. It absolutely should be the one that he wins for. I just never thought the Academy would ever give him any of these awards. So I am shocked by it. If it is some kind of political move, I don't care. At least they made a mistake and did something right this time <laughs> in this kind of... And I'm not saying that they do something wrong every time, but this kind of director's... He makes the kind of films that often get overlooked it's right. kind of like that year that uh, Mad Max was winning everything, and I was like, what? This is great. You know, that was, to me, a wonderful year. But, yeah, I just, I, I gave it to Parasite, and then number two, Wishful Thinking, Little Women. And then I think, uh, let's see, number three, I put Ford versus Ferrari. Um, because I just, even though I think 1917 should be number two, I just thought that that's like the order the Academy would go in. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I back you up on that list. Um, <laughs> Lisa, do me a favor. Whenever mm-hmm. you talk about his movie Mother, please make sure you differentiate it from whatever the heck that Darren Aronofsky oh, yeah. movie was. Yeah, yeah no. Because like, uh, like I saw Tim's face, and I'm like, different movie. Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, no, no, no. Mother is a, a story about a, um, a mother who movie. has a son who's accused <laughs> of murdering a young girl. and it is the darkest crap i've ever seen like it is just it it ends very even darker than judy huh even darker than judy oh much darker than judy (laughs) much much darker the whole way through by judy you had to turn (laughs) on yeah i well because it was compelling it was really (laughs) moving but at the end i was like well i kind of wish i hadn't seen that i mean it's it's done really well it's just you're going to watch it one time. It's kind of like watching Monster. You're going to watch it once, gotcha. and then you're like, I'm, okay. I'm good. Um, like, oh, I thankfully, I, I haven't watched Monster yet. Yeah. We will. I know we will. Yeah. Oh, Lord. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Next when I saw Monster, my husband said, you can watch this by yourself. I'm not going to. <laughs> I, I don't want to see a crazy, <laughs> I don't want to see a crazy woman murder people. <laughs> nope. No, it's just, it's painful. But he, he said, I love this movie. It was great. I will not watch it again. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of one of those types of which is really different from his other films yeah um so that's like the odd man out still good but yeah yeah, yeah. all right um, let's see if scott's watched parasite yet yeah <laughs> <laughs> scott to you you're gonna okay, like your hate thoughts. it now because we've like hyped it so much you're gonna be like what are you guys okay. talking about it's terrible well i've already bought it i mean <laughs> like i own it now so i mean i i've, I've committed myself that much but no i mean because obviously I can't offer thoughts on Parasite. Obviously, it's, <laughs> it's been three hours, and I'm 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 getting I'm feeling a little bit like high school, where I'm like getting shoved in a locker at this point. You like didn't do your homework, Scott. It's more like you didn't do yeah. class assignments, Scott. I no, I did. I just wish Redbox would have put the disc in the box instead of it just being streaming because I wanted to pay a buck eighty because that's how I normally pick up. But here, here's the thing, okay? Because I can't speak about the movie. 
I'm not going because uh, I'm not going to insert an opinion about something that I have not watched. Good man. I I know, you know, but when it comes to Best Picture nominees, I've, I've, I've said this for years now, that basically Best Picture nominees always end up in three categories for me. I either A, already saw it before it was nominated. Before it was cool. A, before Right, before it was cool. And or I didn't see it. I maybe didn't see it until after it was nominated, but it was still a movie that I was planning on seeing before it got nominated. Mm-hmm. There's the second category of, um, okay, I'm going to see it now that it's nominated. And then there's the third category of, I don't give a crap if it's nominated. I still don't want to watch right. it. And at least Parasite fell into that. It kind of reached a uh, sort of a middle one-two because of I can't remember when I started hearing about the movie if it had already been nominated by the time you know I found out about the its existence. I I don't think so, so because Lisa's been talking about it since like spring <laughs> last year. And I do want to say I I do think that uh, you know there is sort of uh, the director's viewpoints. In the movie, but I think you don't have to necessarily align yourself with his beliefs in order to like it. I hope that that doesn't, you know, I'm wondering if people that don't agree with him necessarily will be like, well, now I hate it, but we'll see, I guess. I can't say too much without (laughs) talking about it. But once again, I don't have to agree with the movie to still think it's a good movie. Yeah, I I I think it's bigger than just, you know, how he feels about different topics that he talks about in all his movies is compelling and interesting but yeah you don't have to necessarily completely agree with him i don't think to enjoy it but like i said but this movie was at least something that i wanted to see before the oscars happened but unfortunately it just due to the the way things were set up and my lack of time once it became like it didn't become available for rent until January 28th. That, mm. I'm sorry. With my life, that just did not give me enough time. Yeah, well, when it first came out, job. too, it had a very yeah. – yeah. Couldn't you when, watch when it, it during maternity out... leave? <laughs> what? what? In August when, the, when my third baby is born? Oh, yes, I thought you okay. already had the baby. Oh, it was just the gender reveal then. Okay. Yes, I, I thought finding out what it yeah, was. Yeah, I thought you yes. would. Ha- I thought that was when you'd had the kid. Uh, so, all right. So, I guess not. No, no, no. Third kid's not till August. So, um, but I, you know, it it didn't hit theaters here where I live until like December or something. I was like, about to it- say it had a very limited release, so it was not easy to watch because before the buzz, yeah, I mean, unless you're kind of a diehard fan that happens to like his films it it was difficult to get a hold of yeah it so never it, it makes sense that you wouldn't have seen it it never really made its way to us either until after it got nominated right yeah yeah i mean that's so, that's just the truth yeah yeah I mean, and then and and it's also it's also the downfall of it being a foreign oh, film yeah. and, 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 and and then also the the uh, comments that were being said about it also as Lisa, as Lisa and Tim are fully aware of, I have a condition, and so I wasn't. You know, sometimes I have to judge people's comments. Of, is this something that I can see in theaters? And still... I mean, it definitely should have a caution sticker on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I think so, like my husband kind of has that same thing, and he 
you know, there were a couple moments that he was just like feeling woozy. So I, I mean, it, it's it's graphic. So it's one of those things where I have to go, I can't see this in a theater. I really need to see this at home. But then we don't give me the option to see it at home until like I've got a week. Yeah, that does that's just not gonna work with my lifestyle. Right. right. And plus you have kids and like you don't want them to see it, so you're gonna have to watch it when they can't. Like, yeah, it's not convenient. I mean, I'd let my kids watch it. <laughs> you shouldn't. I'm a good I'm I'm a cool parent. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to wrap up. Uh, we haven't found out who won. I was going to say that's going to wrap up most of Academy Rewind after this because yes. our because our recap show is longer than the Oscars now. Yay! Go us. No, it's not. Yeah. No, it's 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 really not. <laughs> so, the rew- the 2020 Rewindy for best picture goes to La La Land. <laughs> that joke's never going to get old. It no, went to Parasite. Not. Yeah, it went to Parasite. <laughs> yep. it went to we were ahead of the curve on this because site. everybody voted prior to the Academy Awards. Hey, as somebody that picks weird wild cards every year, it's nice to be right for once. I know, isn't it? Go us. <laughs> it's like that never happens. <laughs> I think I've actually been. I think I've been. I think I've been pretty wrong on most of your life. The, no, the pretty. <laughs> I think I chose. I think green. I think I knew they were going to do Green Book last year. Yeah, we both chose Green we Book. Both, and the year before that, I think I chose Shape of Water, but I can't yep, remember. We did. Yeah. So go us three for three. I really like Shape of Water. Yeah. You did uh, not, or did? It's. I did. Oh, I, yeah, I love yeah. Shape of Water. It's funny yeah. we said like the the Academy very rarely gives the best picture movie uh, award to the best picture. It's really just from this in Titanic. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how long it's been. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> that is correct. Um, okay. Well, that is all well. That was all well and fine. So uh, thank you both so much for coming on. Um, Lisa, why, or tell the people where they can find you. Oh, yeah. Um, thank you guys again for having me on and for indulging all of our opinions this whole time. This was really fun. Uh, if you want to find me, uh, you can find me anywhere you pretty much listen to podcasts. Uh, and I'm also on Twitter at ILTM Podcast, and I'm on Instagram. I love that movie podcast. Come chat. Come say hi. Come be on my show. You guys have been on my show. So, yeah. You also have a live show coming up eventually, right? Yeah, yeah. I've got a couple events coming up. I've got two panels at AllCon. We're going to do uh, live episodes for the movie uh, the Creature from the Black Lagoon, speaking of Shape of Water. And uh, we will also do the movie Them uh, with the giant ants. So <laughs> I love that's coming up soon. Them. Actually, I like both those movies, yeah. but Them is great. Yeah, I, yeah. Keep... I know. They're good picks. They're, those, are, that's, those are fun picks for a live show, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I keep trying to get Tim to get us to do a live show, and he refuses. I already have a live it's show fun. With, here with Geeks. I, I can't commit oh. to a... That's not a live show. I get it. No. No, no, no. No, no, no! Like we're, we're we have a live show in the works. Oh, we're gotcha, gotcha. Geeks. Yeah, mine's technically oh. not live because we record it and then it's well, live. Well, it's live when you do it present. in front of people. Yeah, right. Yeah, you got to bring this to the East Coast, though. I'm tired of not yeah. being able to go to these things. <laughs> I know. I need to like October New do York Comic Con. Do Coast. it. I know. I would really love to go to New York Comic Con. It's really a great would. con. It is. I think you would actually really love it. I have a lot of pals that go to it, so yeah. it's definitely on my bucket list for sure. I've been to New York Comic Con so I long. It's great. 
It is. Like, I work it, and I still have tons. Like, I love working conventions to begin with, Mm -hmm. but I also have enough time to go out and do stuff. That's good. We're getting off track. Scott, where can people (laughs) find you? That's the name of this podcast. We're getting off track. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, you can find me personally on Twitter at ScottDC27. Of course, you can also hear me on the DC Film Squadcast and any other show possibly on the Squadcast Media Network. You know, I do do a... here on DC TV Squadcast uh, quite regularly, and you know you honestly you can hear me a lot on I love that movie because I just <laughs> Lisa can't get rid of me and read and up she keeps asking me back. You're a parasite, I love Scott. having you You're on. A You're a parasite. See, get it? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't get it. He hasn't seen the movie. Yet. Oh, not yet. This, been, oh, yeah. womp, this has been womp. like three hours of us roasting each other. I kind of love this it. This is why I re- <laughs> it's, it started very polite. It's. Then. I love but these it's, episodes it's been because so long, of that. We became angry. Right. Yeah. Like I love these episodes <laughs> because of that. I know Tim hates the episodes just because of the time the zone editing. differences. Yeah. Actually, the oh, editing yeah, doesn't yeah. bother me so much as the time zone differences. So like, because I'm sleepy. The rest. Yeah. Of the so like, here's the thing. The, I mean, I'm sleepy too. We need to do this again. Let's do it on a po- on a weekend for poor Tim. <laughs> like a yeah, Friday I'm, night. Yeah, I'm I'm into that. Something. I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm into a Friday. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, two days. That'd to be fine. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you do still work Saturday and Sunday. I know. But it's because I work not... seven days a week. That's, right, but that's, it's not until later in the day. Trick. So Yeah, that's true. I love you. Okay, uh, and you can find us, uh, Academy Rewind, uh, on Twitter at Academy Rewind and Gmail at AcademyRewind.com, which we don't, don't send us those, emails. So don't bother. <laughs> um, but it's nice to know that we have it, you know, for government purposes, I guess, and stuff. Right. Um, you can find myself, Tim, at TimothyPG13. And as I said before, Palmer is at, at Academy Rewind. Where you can find hot takes like Billie Eilish saying yesterday better than no, the Beatles. No, shush. Nope. Not edit- I'm not editing Ha-ha. I know you're not editing it out. Uh, I win. Uh, I'm still interested in her Bond songs coming out. Oh, yeah, so that's we'll right. See. That'll be yeah. good. You can also find me uh, at Batwoman TV Talk. Indeed. Because I do that podcast about a show called Batwoman. Indeed. And uh, I have many Thoughtable Audio shows all available on the Thoughtable Audio Network that you can find at ThoughtableAudio.com. Uh, thank you all for coming, but I'm where they're actually playing us off, which is No, great. I have so many other people to thank. Well, well too bad. Bye. Bye. Bye.